Hello and welcome to the What the What podcast. It's the podcast where we tell you what's nerdy, what's popping with culture, what's given us all the nostalgic feels, and what's there to geek out about, past, present, and future. It's all the what's in one place. That's Eric Creech. We have Kyle Whitley. I'm Ashby Brain. And here with us today, finally! Woo! Yeah! Woo! Yeah! Wow, hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Hit <him> again. Sure. <laughs> I literally, like, you were We're sipping on the your wrestling. Drink. Is that what's happening? Yeah. Well, you were Did we ever tell who was here? <laughs> no. No. Oh. Her bad! Her bad! He's here! <laughs> I literally, you were drinking your drink, and I was like, what if I hit him in the drop? <laughs> and I was like, it'd be even better if I could get him just spiked me in his way, living room way. floor. Wow. People like, listening at home would not have gotten the full. No. They would have seen a murder on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this will be on the news at 10. Oh, so they just get thrown out the window as he grabs my iPad. Podcast gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, Hunter. This is how we do things. It's unscripted and mostly uncensored. I I would just lurk in the comments. You know, Mm -hmm. but I I figured I'd drive over here today since I'm. He drove all the way from Durham. Yeah. Yeah. He just to come be on the podcast on a Sunday afternoon, which is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Yep. Appreciated. It's much better for us too, because like you, I would usually (laughs) probably be in a recliner right now. Mm -hmm. Not intentionally fell asleep. I just am. We don't have kids yet, so we don't know what that's like. Exactly. We would be in between naps right now, so it usually is just. Cleaning up messes mm. and Chaos. putting out fires, yeah. yeah, yeah. One day for a Sunday, that's okay. But yeah, we're excited to have Hunter here. We've talked about this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Originally, like this was months ago. I felt like when we first started talking about it. Yes, and we I think just, when when Ashby got on the Captain America podcast, mm-hmm. Hunter made a comment. Okay, I'm I'm down for Guardians. It was yeah, if you're gonna let her on to talk. Like, about if you're, you're gonna <laughs> lower your standards that much, you're not gonna let me on. I'm, I'm happy to sit back and listen to Ashby talk about Sebastian Stan. Mm-hmm. But at some point... But for, the, for a trade-off here, you know when right. we talk about Chris When Pat. you hit Chris Pratt, James <laughs> Gunn, yep. get out of the way. That's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's I didn't fair. know Ashby would still be on the couch. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. Good trade. <laughs> and honestly, it's a lot nicer now, because typically, like months ago, you would have been shoved in like a small room in Ricky's house. Mm-hmm. That would have been hot. Mm-hmm. No, no fan, yeah. no, no fan. nothing. Yep, yeah. very echoey. We yep. actually had a board, though, so it probably would have sounded slightly <laughs> better. sounded better, yeah. yeah. Right. But either way. Well, I can tell you, the, the thing I least look forward to, I will not listen to this podcast. Mm. I do not want to hear what I sound like. Uh, and so That's okay. That, that, be, this will be listen. the one that I don't listen to. Yeah. We don't because listen to I already heard it. You lived it. Well, well Ashley yeah. listens to every upload that she's on. She's yeah, a, mm. obviously. Like a but, or something, yeah. Right, and I listen to it because someone has to do it. Yeah, but uh, welcome, and just so you know, it's a trick. You will now be a co-host. Oh, so, like, yeah, that's how this works. Yeah, I mean, I could you zoom. You come, and then yeah. you're automatically on the show. Mm-hmm. In fact, you two will probably take it over because you're going to kick me and Kyle off. Well, we've, me fine. and Kyle are talking about it. We're okay with it. This is a just coup. Just yeah. lock the door on your way out. <laughs> okay. do. I'll go to my bedroom and just chill. We're a little I, over a year, so next year you'll pass it off to somebody else. I, like you invite them on. I definitely don't envy you you all spending, have, like you have the time, not always have the time, but mm-hmm. I could not prepare for this on a weekly basis. So I applaud you for you know even do that. Some weeks it's better. Than I would never, yeah. I, I would never prepare through. like I did for this, but like right. this is a special occasion. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, we try to I appreciate do. it. You can tell on the episodes that we don't. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. somebody, mail it in. It's like a clip show. Yeah, some Best episodes off, are more yeah. off the cuff uh-huh. than others. <laughs> yep. well, speaking of off the cuff, so I don't know if y'all saw the news this week. Um, I don't know if it's been confirmed by Sony, but apparently Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield are reprising their role as 
The Spider-Man. Hang on, let, let me. Um... Uh, yeah, they're all gonna be pointing yeah. at one. If they don't do that, if they don't yeah. recreate that meme, here, I yes. swear. Peter Parker in <laughs> Spider-Man, <laughs> along with Tom Holland, who's also playing Peter Parker. If Peter I mean, Parker. They, they could do <laughs> they could do Spider-Verse. I think the Into the Spider-Verse is probably the best Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, Lily and I watched that one. Pretty frequently, fantastic, fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. and uh, you, you know, I've, I'm shocked we're going Spider Verse versus Miles Morales, but this mm-hmm. is not a Spider Man mm-hmm. podcast yet. So yeah, it's coming. I mean, are you going to include the Sony Spider Man yes, in the yeah? No. I feel like well, you have to. We'll do, you have home, to we'll do Homecoming, and then those, and then but not Homecoming, yeah, because yeah, yeah. they're part of the MCU. We won't. Well, not Andrew not, Garfield. That's yeah. what I was like. No, we're we're going all the way back for them. I mean, we probably will at some point, but not as part of the running the Infinity Gauntlet. You could do those in one episode, just all other Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Basically, Tobey Maguire, sad face, right? And then that weird dancing scene. Yeah. The upside down kiss, which mm-hmm. is awkward. There's like water. Have you seen the Pope meme? The Pope meme's been hilarious lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've like, seen that meme where and it's like uh, Kirsten Dunst's head and upside down. <laughs> the one where he's on the N64 controller is my favorite because it's like mm-hmm. it's broken. Twitter breaks things out in the four photos. He mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. and so they broke apart this one big that's perfectly formatted like size wise, mm-hmm. and it's and so you just change the top one, which is where he's holding whatever right. he's holding, right? Mm-hmm. And it's oh, Amazing. it's gold. It's absolutely gold. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I saw. I feel like I saw somewhere there. They were saying it wasn't confirmed, but then again, it, like whole new news wave comes over again. And right. It's like, well, oh, Screen Rant tried to discredit one guy that, that yeah. broke the news, but like I think there's too much out there now. Mm-hmm. Since too they didn't deny Jamie Foxx, how would yeah. you go Electro yeah. and then not be able right. to have any? Well, they also have Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange appearing. Well, so you got the multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, right. Um, my biggest worry with any of that is you've already got like Vulture, who apparently is going to be appearing in Venom, that might set up something there. You've got Scorpion out there who, you know, was in the post credits of um, of Homecoming. Mm-hmm. I mean, just I don't want it to suffer from the too many villains <laughs> syndrome. Spider Man Three syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just Spider Man Two. I, I Amazing Spider Man Two. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just want a good Spider Man movie. I mean, and I well, feel like Tom Holland can't really... even get his own movie though. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, yeah, because he's got to share it with Nick Fury, or, everybody, or Tony Stark, Stark, or whomever. I mean, so. right. If we do it, I just want a good Rhino. I hated the last one. Paul Giamatti's not your yeah. guy. Yeah, well, it's not even him. It's just his suit. Like I liked <laughs> the rhino just being some giant dude. That's like I get it. You can't just stick a guy in a rhinoceros costume. Be, yeah. I liked Rhino but, when he was a wrestler in the WWE. But well, that's whole wait, no, we're guy. talking about someone else. Here. But just like just some guy sitting in the middle of a fucking electronic cage. That's like I mean anybody can wear an Iron Man suit. Yeah, just because it looks like a rhinoceros doesn't make it. <laughs> no, so, I mean, we've already seen that. I mean, you've got Pepper Potts in the mm-hmm. Iron Man suit, and probably yeah. Tony Stoddard's going to have an Iron Man suit. Rescue. Rescue mm. is what they. This is spoiler. Spoiler, right? Mm-hmm. This is way out. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to talk about multiverses, though, you've got to talk about how Batman's about to have everybody in the world. We're, we've literally got the, both of the situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael Keaton's involved in yeah, all things. Yeah, things are about to get weird in yeah. superhero movies. People are going to show up, expect to see a Batman movie. like, why were there 20 Batmans in my movie? Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to get too far. I just wanted to see Adam West. Where is he? He's dead. Oh, well, Flashpoint's good, and like yeah. all that stuff works. And Flash Rebirth's better. I mean, I almost mm-hmm. wish Flash was had been had more time so we could kill him and then we could bring him back because mm-hmm. that would be the best storyline to have but, mm-hmm. but they're not going to work with Jeff Johns anymore anyway so no yikes no, someone's messed that up so and Jeff Johns messed up <laughs> well let's uh, let's go ahead and j- jump to the episode I feel like we might have a long one today folks so we want to thank you for joining us um, I know who you are Hunter Batten mm. and I'm not some starry eyed waif here to succumb to your pelvic sorcery 
So, if you enjoyed that quote, and you'll hear some more of them in a few minutes, uh, we want to encourage you to please subscribe to us, follow us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, and please rate and review us five stars only, just like the number of Guardians in this movie, at least. Uh, please also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at What the What Media. All one word. And find us on Twitter at WTW underscore media. One day we'll update it. Please share with your friends if you enjoyed today's episode or any of the 68 other episodes in the What the What episode archive. Yes, this is episode number 69. Um, oh, last that, week. That's perfect. <laughs> perfect. It's nice. Yes. <laughs> nice. Last week on this podcast, we discussed our favorite spooky <laughs> movies. Ooh, and today we're taking a deep, deep dive into the 2014 film Guardians of the Galaxy featuring Hunter Batten. Uh, your spoiler warning for today's episode, uh, while the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie is our primary focus, we may be going deep and discussing any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including possible Marvel television shows, even though I don't see a Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. connection here, but who knows. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, but any of the other 22 MCU films are also fair game. So, yeah. You ain't seen Guardians? Go see it. What's, what are you waiting for? You don't need the other 22. No, this movie stands fair. on its own. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair enough. enough. That's, That's true. true. Fair you enough. Need to know. So, we're going to jump right into it. And Hunter, uh, I know we debated about this off the air. You were like, if you really want a full synopsis, I'm prepared. But that, you know, it might take a while. And we're like, we're not going to hold you to any time. <laughs> yeah. We're going to let want. you talk about what you love. Yeah, we can go with it. I, I've got so. to cross pelvic sorcery off my favorite comments. Oh. Yeah, I just stole that one already. We haven't even gotten into it. He tends to do that. Yeah. What do you mean I tend to do that? Tend. Still things. No, 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 no. You steal things. I put things where they need to well. be. Well, see, I, I would just call dibs on the whole movie. So it's kind That's of a right. so You better get them out That's now fair. because I'm calling dibs on everything. On everything. Yes. Well... We're going to let you call dibs on recapping uh, or giving us a refresher on what actually happened in this movie. I didn't say brief refresher. I'll give you every single little... Yeah, go ahead and quote the whole movie for us. Well, before you get started, the original Blue Ranger has joined us on Facebook. John John Wise. John Perry. And he has given us the play-by-play. He said, Hunter's looking looking like a snack. snack. (laughs) And then he said, Major Dad vibes. Ashby has Major Mora vibes. Sorry if I'm horrible with words. Uh Uh Uh-oh. Yep. I mean, I'll take it. I'll take like, I, look like I don't want to know what kind of vibes okay. I'm getting. <laughs> John, John. Okay, John Perry. I paid John to say that. Yeah. <laughs> First time John's been in the chat. So if he's looking like a snacker, we look like a couple of buffets, or. <laughs> well, he just <laughs> told me he just called me a hater on another post, like bef- right before this. That's so I'm true. not shocked. That's all. Love. I mean, he likes to keep you on your toes. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's a janky well, he way. He forces that's me to fair. engage with him on Facebook, and a I really don't appreciate that. I don't. That's fair. I don't want to engage with anybody on Facebook. They're just like just what the what? Yeah. Yes. Get on my level, which right. is Instagram. Yeah, there <laughs> or you go. Twitter. Where I don't have to hear your opinion, I can just see what you're going on in your life. That's there right. That's really go. all I care about. Yeah. There you go. Well, I, when I'm you're ready. ready. All right. I will. Recap this movie. I will talk until I need a break. All right. I'm going to eat some donuts while you do yeah, this. I'm going to enjoy my frozen chocolate. Go ahead and yeah. get the pop. You don't, you're not even going to do the popcorn meme like while we're sitting here. Just, you know, just mm-hmm. back and I, I'm going to get mean, some, some, some down. I thought Ashby was going to walk in here. I should have brought popcorn. Yeah. Next time. All right. We're doing Guardians 2 next year. Yeah. I'll be around. It's Ant Man in January, Ultron, or not Ultron, Ant Man, Civil War. What came up? Civil War. Doctor Strange. And then Guardians 2. So we'll do that in April, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, April or May. So yeah, that makes sense. Popcorn. <clears throat> Mark Ward. Yep. Go ahead All right. Popcorn out. Well, it, uh, hi everybody again. Um, the year is 1988. 
A young boy named Peter Jason Quill visits his mother in the hospital as she dies of cancer. She hands him a present and a letter asking him to open it after she's gone. She asks Peter to hold her hand, which he's unable to do. When she passes away shortly afterwards, Peter, overwhelmed with grief, runs outside the hospital where he is abducted by an alien vessel. 26 years later, Peter Quill is a space-faring outlaw attempting to go by the alias of Star-Lord. He makes his way to a long-dead planet called Morag to retrieve an orb from the, for the Broker when he is attacked by mercenaries working for a Kree warlord known as Ronan the Accuser. He makes his escape and, con- and is contacted by Yandu Udanta, the leader of the Ravagers, a leader of the Ravagers, and the one who abducted Peter as a child, who demands Peter give him the orb. Peter, however, intends to sell the orb to the Broker on his own. Enraged, Yandu issues a bounty for Peter, 40,000 units for his live capture. Meanwhile, Ronan, who wishes for revenge against the Nova Empire after generations of war against his people and in defiance of the Kree and Nova Peace Treaty, sends one of his most capable assassins, Gamora, after Peter to retrieve the orb as part of a deal he made with Gamora's father, the intergalactic warlord and mad titan Thanos, to destroy the Nova homeworld of Xandar. Back on Xandar, Peter... This is thorough enough, right? You're doing great. great. Yeah, you're doing fantastic. I'm just trying to stay caught up in the comments. No, no, no. Tell me when they they start making fun of my accent or something. Nobody say they said that Eric and I are the full buffet. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's... And now Ashby's husband's joined. <laughs> Ryan. 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 Let me get my edit button ready. Boo day one day. What's up? Back to the All right, back to the synopsis. All right, cool. All right. Peter, uh, the broker kicks Peter out of his store, basically. He says he wants nothing to do with it if Ronan's looking for the orb. Uh, Peter meets Gamora, and they begin fighting over <clears throat> the orb. Peter's pers- also pursued at the same time by a pair of bounty hunters, a genetically and cybernetically augmented raccoon named Rocket and a large tree-like creature named Groot. All four are detained by the Nova Corps for destruction during their melee, melee uh, and sent to a penal space colony known as the Kiln. Ryan's going to get me on that one. Within the Kiln, Gamora is attacked by uh, attacked by Drax to destroy a track. Attack's probably a strong word, but uh, a dangerous inmate whose family was killed by Ronan. Peter manages to convince him to spare Gamora, since she planned to take the orb for herself and sell it for four billion units, buying her freedom and betraying Ronan. As such, Ronan would come for her, giving Drax the chance he needs to exact his revenge. All of them agree to split the profit amongst themselves, except for Drax, who only wants revenge. Rocket hatches a plan to allow them, the group, to escape. When the plan goes awry, the five make their getaway and head towards nowhere. Well, the plan goes awry, but they also also escape. So, And they head towards nowhere, a space station and criminal hotspot where Gamora would make the sale to her other buyer. They meet a man known as the Collector played by Benicio Del Toro, fantastically, who owns a massive collection of various alien artifacts, which we will get into later. Uh, the Collector reveals that the orb actually contains an Infinity Stone, or Infinity Gem, if you're a purist. Uh, one of the six gems possessed uh, with incredible power. The Infinity Stone, in the hands of a madman like Ronan or Thanos, could cause destruction on a galactic scale. One of the Collector's servants, tired of his mistreatment, attempts to take the stone for herself, but upon grabbing it is, I'm guessing, obliterated, uh, destroyed by its overwhelming power. An explosion, the explosion destroys the Collector's collection. After witnessing the, the stone's power firsthand, Rocket suggests giving the stone to Ronan and hightailing it. 
uh, which is going to be a great quote line later coming right after that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, Gamora suggests giving this stone to the Nova Corps so they can safeguard it, a plan Peter and Rocket shoot down on the count of them all being wanted fugitives who just escaped from the Nova Corps. Makes custody. sense. Yeah, it's fairly uh, solid logic there. Yeah. Uh, Peter uh, suggests relinquishing it to the Ravagers because at least they'd have a fighting chance of running off with it. Uh, even though they wanted him dead, it was a preferable alternative to incarceration again. Uh, before they can agree on any plan, Roman's forces descend on nowhere, having been summoned by Drax, making a call to him in hopes of killing him. As Ronan fights against Drax and easily defeats him, Peter, Rocket, and Gamora attempt to escape with the stone. The mining craft Mora, Gamora Hijack is shot down by her adopted sister Nebula, and the orb is taken as Gamora is left to die in the vacuum of space. Peter, determined to save her against Rocket's advice, relays his coordinates to Yondu, then goes into space to save Gamora, uh, giving her his mask, allowing her to survive while endangering his own life. Both Peter and Gamora are taken into the Ravager's flagship before either can die in space. Yondu confronts Peter and threatens to kill him or eat him again, Uh, but Peter manages to convince him to spare him in exchange for a massive payday with the orb. They are joined by Rocket, Groot, and Drax afterwards, and Peter convinces them to help fight back against Ronan, hopeless though such a uh, battle may be. Almost there, guys. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Right. Ashley took 10 minutes. Yeah, so. I, I'm, I'm, That's true. And Kyle's done a 30 minutes. But eight of those minutes were about how hot Sebastian so, I mean, Stan is. So. Yeah, there was a lot of gushing about Sebastian Stan. She read my episode one synopsis, though, pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm beating that, though, a little bit here. Yeah, you're doing great. As Ronan betrays Thanos and places the Infinity Stone in his Warhammer... So that I did a bad job on some of the grammar here. Uh, so in some of his Warhammer, so that he can destroy Xandar himself. Peter enlists the aid of both the Ravagers and the Nova Corps, with another great quote phone call that he makes to them, to fight back against Ronan. While Ronan holds off the <coughs> the, <laughs> the well, sorry, while Rocket holds off the Ronan forces, which are Sakarian, which we'll tease later, another uh, a foreshadow something later, mm-hmm. uh, and Ravager craft, along with the Ravagers and the Nova Corps, Peter Gamora and Groot and Drax infiltrate Ronan's flagship, the, what is it called? I forgot now. How did I just lose the name of Ronan's ship? I didn't write it down here. Uh, I don't know. It's the giant. It, it's a really big, it's a really big I'll think of it in a minute. It's like the Empire State Building. The Dark Aster. That's it. Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, and fight their way to Ronan, shooting him with Rocket's homemade Hadron Enforcer. When that doesn't work, having Rocket crash his ship into Ronan. While that <clears throat> while that seems to defeat Ronan, Peter and his friends find themselves trapped on Ronan's ship, facing certain death. Groot sacrifices himself by creating a cocoon around Peter, Rocket, Gamora, and Drax, saving them when the ship hits the planet's surfaces, while being reduced to splinters himself. Unfortunately, Ronan survives the impact, and is moments away from reducing Xandar to a lifeless husk with the Infinity Stone. Peter, however, starts dancing... <laughs> confounding Ronan and distracting him uh, long enough for Rocket to rebuild his cannon and Drax to fire it at Ronan's hammer, liberating the stone. Peter grabs it, and his body begins to disintegrate from the stone's immense power. With the aid of Gamora, Drax, and Rocket, holding one of uh, Groot's splinters, which I'm not sure he is, I think, uh, well, I lifted part of this from uh, the internet because I, mm-hmm. couldn't, I couldn't keep typing. Uh, but uh, I don't think he's holding one of Groot's splinters, but I, I gotta go back and I didn't check that in one of the ten viewings I did for this. Uh, he, however, Shame. Peter is able to control its power for long enough to destroy Ronan once and for all and seal the stone inside a new orb. Afterwards, Yondu demands Peter relinquish the orb. Peter does so, but Yondu won't know, uh, wouldn't know until much later that Peter handed him a fake orb. I think Yondu knew, so I, I, would, mm-hmm. edit, I, I would edit that if I were going to write it again. Um, with a troll doll he kept <laughs> in, mm-hmm. in the actual orb. Trolls. Mm-hmm. And so they handed the actual uh, orb over to the Nova Corps. Yeah, it... 
It is also revealed that Peter's physiology is only half Terran. The other half comes from an ancient alien being, which may explain how he was able to hold on to the stone for as long as he did without being destroyed by it. Yes. Huh? Uh, in a, in a, we can't even start on volume yeah. two. Don't want to hear about your egos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The egos. Uh, mm-hmm. In recognition of their service to Xandar, the Nova Corps expunge their criminal records and Peter and his new friends uh, of Peter and his new friends and restore his spaceship. He retrieves the present and letter from his mother, who had given him the nickname of Star Lord as a child. The present is a mixtape, much like the one Peter had when he was abducted, and contained music his mother loved when she was younger and that she would love to share with her son. Uh, with Ronan dead and the galaxy saved, the group head off uh, with the bouncing baby group to see <laughs> to take off to see uh, find new adventures, and that's it. Great job! Yes, much better. Now Amazing, honestly. Slow, slow clap. So I'm sure monotonely re- like reading that in a monotone is probably not. Well, no, we'll, we'll edit that out and post. View you know, experience. You're you're, you're, uh, you're bumps and rising. Okay, all, thank all you, thank you. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, we, we sure. have the capability of doing that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Make me sound good, please. Have you, have you watched the How It Should Have Ended? On this? Uh, not in a long time. I you know what? Today. The the of all the YouTube videos, I went back and just to just to you know kick up a little dust and, and listen mm-hmm. to and see. I forgot about How It Should Have Ended. Mm-hmm. So what did they what did they do? Well, well there's an amazing part of didn't that. John Etheridge, uh, didn't John Etheridge didn't John animate for them a did while he? back? I feel like he worked with those guys on something. I his think so. his channel's pretty substantial. Like John's. Uh, yeah, I think they're doing stuff like for Cartoon Network now and stuff. Like his. his awesome. I've got a couple of John Etheridge originals at my house. Really? Yeah, yeah, That's they're awesome. they're tucked away in a, and they're sketched out on roughly on like some lined college ruled paper or something. <laughs> That's like that. awesome. And one's like a hillbilly and one's like a the raccoon. It's actually a yeah. it's actually a raccoon with a gun. It That's looks awesome. like Rocket. Yeah. We had this. Um, I'm sick. Like, hard good. here. We'll go back. But we had this project in high school, or we had to do the Canterbury Tales and write our own characters in uh, Miss Kaiser's class. And one of them, we we made fun of this dead raccoon we found uh, going into Pine Level mm-hmm. that was all swollen. And <laughs> I'm not gonna say which one of my friends got out and sat it up. So it was like. <laughs> And anyway, oh, wow. we called it Rigor Mortis Raccoon, and I then we it was a character in our story. Miss Kaiser was like pissing herself laughing yeah. as we read this story. Rigor Mortis yeah. Raccoon. Yeah, he was one of our Canterbury oh, Tale like members. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Anyway, sorry. So what the how no, should it be? Sorry. Well, you talked about Batman. So they did go back and forth for a while. It was I'm Batman and I'm Groot and I'm Batman. They went all the way. That's it. Okay. Yeah. They're at the, at they the did table, do that. At the cafe. But you did. Um, I'm Batman. <laughs> You talked, there was a scene where they were asking him, it's like, well, now you know, like, aren't you halfway interested in who your dad is? And he's like, did you know that they made Ninja Turtle movies? Like, it's amazing. It's like a lot of them. Like, we didn't hear him. Like, what about your dad? And he's like, Transformers movies looks kind of weird. Like, <laughs> and he just keeps going about all these movies. Because he hasn't caught up on any pop culture and all no, this yeah. stuff. So yeah. all this, he's excited. He's like, oh my God, it's a G.I. Joe movie. Like, yeah. he gets really excited. Um, I'm trying to remember. There's a lot of different options where he does the dance battle. And he's like, well, however you want to die. And then just kills him. Like, <laughs> there's the other one where they're all five holding the, each other, like, their hands. And as the stone's killing them. And Ronan comes over and just grabs their hand, too. <laughs> and they're like, let go. And he's like, no, no, no. Um, I don't know. It's pretty funny. It's definitely worth going and checking out how it should have ended. So I had a random thought. And I'm going to try to convince two of you to do this before we are done today. Like, after the podcast is over. Um, Peter Quill had a dance-off, bro. Mm. We gotta have a dance-off. Dance-off. 
I mean, we gotta have it. Not Since it. If it's your idea, that means you're one of them. No, no, no. I'll, I'll just be like, real, no, no. what are you doing? No, no, no. I'm, I'm filming it. Is you feel like Gamora? You. I don't think I'll so. I'll just stand there. This you'd be like, settle. Take feels it back. Like you, though. <laughs> I feel like you, I feel like, yeah, Kyle, good. this is all you. I'm yeah. horrible at dancing. I've seen you dance. You I'm can a, dance. I mean, did Tom you see Peter years. Quill dance? Yeah. I don't think talent is like the point. I don't know. He no, has man. a lot more talent than I did. Watching well, him back. Well, he does have some no, it's Chris, sorcery. It's Chris Pratt. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, so Pratt, Pratt, Pratt. Pratt, Pratt, Pratt. We'll <laughs> All right. Well, first question uh, in our 10 questions section. Do you like this film? <laughs> Hunter, you're I'm not I'm not going first. I'll take y'all to task. It was okay. that your serious answer or you're joking? Wow. Just... I mean, honestly, like... Because part of me is like, is it your serious answer or are you just prodding Hunter? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm 100% prodding Hunter, um, which I do in real life as well as, like, sure. virtually. Um, it's fun that I can do it to his face. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but, like, honestly, like, I, one of the reasons I'm glad that Hunter is here is because, like, for all of my fanaticism about, like, the Captain America mm-hmm. stuff, I, like... Guardians just sort of like sailed past me. Like I enjoyed watching these uh-huh. movies, but like Hunter feels about Guardians the way I feel about Captain America. But the Guardians movies aren't even in my top fifteen, probably of Marvel movies. Wow. I feel like I'm it. gonna tell you why it should be. I feel like okay. Tony, I feel okay. Like Tony no, Dye I want you to at, convince at me. The NBA draft. Wow, bro. Yeah, wow. wow. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I feel like you're just trying to get back to him for his comment on Hocus Pocus. Like I stand, I, I stand by my Hocus. He's like, I said what I said. I, it was on last night on Freeform or something. It just I can't. It's gonna be on like 20 more times. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't. I don't know. I don't get it. I'm gonna start buying Lily all the Hocus Pocus. Kyle, you can. I mean, she loves <laughs> Disney everything. Mm-hmm. So. Kyle, do you like this movie? I do. Uh, I really wasn't expecting to going into it. I didn't like have negative feelings. I just had no idea at all about it. And like I didn't do any research into it. Um, Guardians is one of those things that we didn't ever really see on TV much growing up, like mixed in with any of the Marvel characters you would see. It was just kind of weird. And well, the same way, like reading any comics that I had at all as a child were just the major people. Like, and like I said, I didn't even get into comics until like within the last 10 years. So, like, the random things that I did have were just your obvious. X-Men and Captain America or somebody like that. So I kind of came into it not knowing what in the world to expect. And I feel like, too, knowing your cast of characters saying, like, Groot is a tree. It's like, how are they going to make this work? Um, So I didn't necessarily doubt it, but I was just one of those things that I didn't have any expectations going into it. Versus as much as I liked it coming out of it. So this was the first movie that, like you, I went in watching, like, a Marvel movie or whatever, MCU movie, that I had no prior knowledge to. And it was one that I, I went on opening night um, or like opening weekend or whatever, not really having expectations because I had, again, literally no idea what to expect. It was coming off of this fantastic uh, MCU movie called Captain America One of Soldier. Maybe you've heard of it before, Ashley. I mean, and, maybe this explains why I'm just kind of like, mm. is <laughs> that the movie right before this? Yes. I was still flying high off of and that, I, that movie was so good. I mean, how are yeah. you? Yeah. Well, and I walked out of the theater with two thoughts. One, I've got to download the soundtrack. Which oh, I which I, I bought oh, the bought off iTunes in the parking lot of the Smithfield Theater, mm-hmm. and then two I was like, okay, this movie confirmed that I will never doubt Marvel in anything again until they give me a reason. Yeah, if they can do this, right? Yeah. Like they literally overnight, I walked out thinking this is this generation's Star Wars. That's what I. That's what I. That was mm-hmm. Like it was it was it was fantastic. Um, it was like I had no idea who any of the characters were, and I came out caring about mm-hmm. all of them. All of them. It's an amazing um, job. They made me cry over a tree. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I cried okay. again today watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's <laughs> like, like so. Yes, I like this movie. It's in my top ten for sure. So. I'll say too, real quick before we jump to yours. I think 
somewhere in the movie, once I was kind of getting into it while watching it in theaters, because I feel like, I don't know if I went with you or not, were we? I don't know if we were hanging out together at that point. But the first, I feel like I'm on an opening night. But I feel like I felt that I was on a roller coaster, that all of a sudden you're on a ride and you're halfway through and realize how amazing that ride is, mm-hmm. that you just kind of just really get into it and you turn. Like, I remember, I know Erica was with me, so I turned and looked at her and was like, this like is awesome. Like the Universal. Yeah, that's a, a good ride. Well, I think about like the new Star Wars ride that's uh, like at Disney Stanley now. And I was riding, well, like, if you go ride that and you're in the midst of that, all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, this is the most amazing ride I've ever been on. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the same thing for me. That and the first, this is the first movie too that they put out that was different than this is just a superhero movie. And after this, you started seeing kind of like, this is their space adventure. This, you know, you have Ant-Man that's like, this is more of your, you know, comedy type movie or whatever. But it's still superheroes technically, but that's not the basis. Like little subgenres within the superhero genre. They changed it just from being superhero movies now to like this is just straight up space adventure with superhero type characters. But at the same time, I don't know. It was just something for me that was amazing. In the same way, I walked out knowing Marvel could pretty much do anything until they say. Like literally, I'm showing up probably opening weekend for every movie until again they give me a reason Mm -hmm. not to. Yeah, and they haven't disappointed yet. So with all that said, how do you feel about this movie? Well, I feel like Ashby's very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> do uh, tell. Yeah, so they've been to Marvel, been to space, right, with mm-hmm. Thor and the mm-hmm. what? You, what do you call the uh, the Bifrost? Yeah, sort the, of the Bifrost. Yeah, they've right. been in space a little bit, uh, but it was mostly Earth based on uh, on Terra, as, mm-hmm. as that we start calling it now in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I just. It was so much work. Uh, so j- I think Nicole, I know, I don't think, I'm mm-hmm. going to act like I didn't look this up, but Nicole Perlman, okay, who I knew, it's written and directed by James Gunn, but it's co-written by Nicole Perlman, who mm-hmm. I think also wrote like Captain Marvel and has been on a bunch of other things. She might have been on the, I don't think she was on the Birds of Prey movie, I forget. But inter- she started working on it all the way back in 2009, and I think Kevin Feige first pitched it as like, it might happen, I think I wrote, yeah, Ke- San Diego Comic Con 2012. Mm-hmm. Right. So and it came out in 2014. So they, that's when he first teased that it was happening. So it was already in the works. And James Gunn signed on, I think late in like mid 2012. I think I think that's the timeline. Mm-hmm. It but the gargantuan task of introducing the MCU to all these new planets, worlds, mm-hmm. names, like what are we looking at, right? Mm-hmm. And he does it seamlessly. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if you just start at the beginning and meeting uh, the kid, and we're not gonna go too far into that right now, but like. And then you see an adult Peter. He gives you an immediate... Well, number one, the soundtrack again. Back to mm-hmm. that. It is so so good. Uh, but the the way he acts is an immediate cue into what his mental state is. Mm-hmm. He's There's a nice chase. I mean, it like literally takes you through... Uh, there's a, people looking for something, and he's got it. And then, and then Yondu calls him, and he introduces Yondu. And it like, mm-hmm. it's like setting it up all the way. Like I can't believe people followed it. Like they mm-hmm. got it. Like yeah. I know. Like I watch movies with Nora and stuff like that. <laughs> and sometimes it's something she wants to watch, and sometimes it's something I want to watch. And mm-hmm. it's like, what? I don't. Should I know something about this already? Mm-hmm. Or you know, yeah. like, or just I don't get it. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to follow the names. I don't know the context of what people are talking about stuff. Mm-hmm. But this this movie uh, somehow does a lot of heavy lifting mm-hmm. very easily. Uh, I think that's what was remarkable about it. Um, but yeah, we went to see this. Um, opening weekend and it might, it might no it wasn't I think it was after opening weekend it was like a week or two and it was because um, it opened on what August 1st I think August in theaters 2014 so Nor was like 
nine, eight months almost complete, eight months pregnant with Lily. Uh-huh. And so, bless her heart, she went and sat in a theater and didn't get up and go pee. Uh, we saw this. And then a month later, we saw the Turtles movie, mm-hmm. the Michael Bay Turtles yeah, movie. Yeah. I really, we probably won't do a deep dive on that anytime soon. Mm-hmm. You already you <laughs> skip you skip me on the '90 Turtles. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I don't need to gush. I would write this many pages about the '90s Turtles and why it's perfect and why we, we have to do secret reviews at some point. Yeah, why? <laughs> 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 no, you missed you missed me on the '90 1990 yeah. Turtles. So uh, that, that's, that's what it was. <laughs> you we'll come back. And it's perfect. Don't do Turtles three. It's perfect enough that we never need another one. And no, I don't we'll need say it. even deeper dive. I haven't watched Turtles. Since I watched it on a VHS the last time. I I've got it on Blu-ray up there. No. <laughs> it's literally all three are on Blu-ray. I have right it on DVD and Blu-ray too. I do mm-hmm. not need to watch it though. Mm-hmm. It's just an item that I have that takes up space. Uh, but yeah, I don't know where I'm at in my discussion point here. But anyway, it's mm-hmm. the best Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Ashby. It's the sure. best Marvel movie. Um, it's the best Marvel movie that it's... doesn't have Sebastian Stan in it. <laughs> and yeah. I was, I mean, hold on. Yeah, or T'Challa. I mean, we're like we're like <laughs> ten movies in, right, to the MCU. Yeah, this is our and they just yeah. hit us with Civil War, mm-hmm. right, and mm-hmm. Guardians yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. And I wrote a whole thing in here about the first trailer because it was so underwhelming, right? And now it's all about trailers, right? Mm-hmm. Or right. Chris Chris well, Nolan's bomb and every trailer you get from it. Yeah, yeah. Events there. Give half the movie away. I thought the bat the Batman trailer was expertly done. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't have that Still much filmed anyway. Don't, you need to see it. Yeah, you need to see it, and then don't. I don't want to see another one. Yeah. Just leave. Honestly, it. Right, leave. Yeah. And I don't think you know, Jade. I'm not. We're I almost wore my Porg shirt to represent <laughs> to represent the correct Star Wars movie mm. in the sequel trilogy. But uh, uh, J- two JJ's two JJ's mystery box mm-hmm. thing. Uh, they did a great job with the nostalgia in the trailers of the Star mm-hmm. Wars movies, not giving it away, giving lots of stuff for people to contemplate and talk about. Nobody mm-hmm. cared about. What are you gonna like pick apart in the Guardian stuff? Because people don't know who any of these folks are. About it, yeah. yeah, you know, right. mm-hmm. you know, it's not like Galactus or Thanos show. I mean, mm-hmm. Thanos is in here, but people didn't, until he turned around in the Avengers movie, no one smiled. Knew who he was. No, yeah. I laughed out loud in the theater. I had just bought that comic so, well, book. What's mm-hmm. doing here? Yeah, <laughs> it's like Iron Man seventy three or seventy five mm-hmm. or I, I forget first appearance of Thanos. I had just gotten that for like fifteen bucks at the yeah. flea market. Right, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna be rich." I haven't sold it; it's just like the house, but mm-hmm. it's not graded either. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but no. Anyway, it, it's it's the best Marvel movie, in my opinion. It's it's on my like. I think y'all have seen it. My top ten. If I'm on an island with a DVD player, yeah. I'm taking ten. If I'm taking ten DVDs with me, it's one of those ten. It's one of the first two or three that mm-hmm. I grabbed. Not bringing like two or three copies just in case one breaks <laughs> me. <Yeah. laughs> y'all aren't gonna do a Chef podcast, but Chef. No, it's amazing. Chef is. Probably my favorite movie. Yeah, I know it's probably square or weird, but you know no, it is. It's, it's awesome. happy. It's fun. It's like this. It's nothing but a good time. Yeah, it's nothing but a good time the whole time. This mm-hmm. is more. This pulls on your heartstrings more than Chef did, mm-hmm. uh, in any way. But it's also fun and uh, a good look into how good a space weird space movie could be with a talking tree and a talking sort of talking tree and a talking mm-hmm. raccoon. So. Uh, I'll let y'all cue up something else before I just keep rambling on. Was about this trailer? This, but... Was this the first one? Oh yeah, the trailer. Did it have hooked on a feeling? In the yes, Uga Chaka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna let Eric sing that part because he likes singing on the podcast. So, but no, I mean, it starts out with like the. Yeah. yeah, it starts. Deep it starts out with, like, of me. Who are you? Yeah. Star Lord. Like, uh, yeah. come pretty, on, man. Which is like right off the top. Just Chris Pratt's like one of the only dudes able to do yes. what yeah. what Star Lord had, what Peter Quill had to do in this movie. Uh, it's why he's also like probably one of the best 
leading like mm-hmm. stars, like movie stars right now. I like oh. how they did it too, because the same way all of us, you know, unless you were some hardcore person, were like, I have no clue. I read, I read, Thanos, I was rereading of talking to Mitchell about the other day, rereading mm-hmm. Thanos Imperative, but like Guardians are like they're scattered, and you mm-hmm. can in the Guardians you read in comics, they're not the same Guardians you got on the screen mm-hmm. exactly. Like Drax was made to kill Thanos, but yes. in this mm-hmm. movie he's mostly. To kill Ronan, but then he does say, "Well, now Ronan's dead. I gotta go kill Thanos." Yeah. But yeah, but like, there's everybody's a little different, and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a purist because uh, you can't, you just can't do it. But um, mm-hmm. no, th- this trailer starts out just like that um, with the, and then it starts out with Uka Chaka, Uka Chaka, and like going straight in the hooked on a feeling. Um, I would definitely say there are better trailers that Marvels had better trailers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Somehow it got people to the box office, and mm-hmm. I think it was as soon as the embargo, the comment or whatever you call it, the review embargo ended. Mm-hmm. It was like ninety six or seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. which back then had a little more clout than you know before yeah, the two thousand sixteen Ghostbusters and yeah. all that kind of stuff like that. I already dumped on them last podcast, <laughs> but did. I'm gonna just do it one more time. <laughs> to the internet, if there was more internet. That mm-hmm. would be getting roasted now, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, anyway. Everybody pretty much would agree with you. Yeah, but I, well, the tide has sort of turned. Before, I'd be getting roasted for a different reason yeah. for saying I didn't like that movie. That's but true. $772 million worldwide mm-hmm. and $94 million opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Insane. How? Yeah. What? Like, how? Literally on the, on the Marvel name itself, I think, more than anything. Well, I mean, I like the fact, too, they had the song playing that you got that this was going to be somewhat of a funny movie. You got enough yeah. out of it, and you didn't get it and be like, oh, it's a huge comedy, but like, they had enough in it that wanted you, made you want to know more. Um, but only thing I could think about it too is it started this whole thing with trailers of like all that work for Guardians. Like let's throw in any music we can. Where like Suicide Squad huh. came in right after. I knew you were going to say Suicide Queen. Squad. Yeah. And it's like they did Such it. Such a disappointment. But the trailer and, was or good. a Beatles. Let's do a piano cover of a Beatles song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you can see it now. Like where you've got Batman. Like, but it's got Nirvana. Is that what that song is? But the same way, it's not done in the same essence or whatever. But just the, how much more you see musically involved right after that. It, it usually feels shoehorned in, though. Yeah, it does. Every Versus one of these one, needle drops is part of the story. The yes. way the way the awesome mix is like literally, it starts the movie off. Yeah. Zoomed in on his Walkman, and it's like he has a tape deck in his in his Milano, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it all surround. It's not a weird out of place music that was shoved in yeah. because they got the rights to it after they filmed. Mm-hmm. Like they had secured all this stuff. I, I'm assuming up front yeah, to use. Time. Because he wrote the script, sort of like Alan Moore's Watchmen, where he wrote, mm-hmm. you know, quotes from songs, Simon Garfunkel yep. songs, into the panels, which is really weird and shoved in. If you mm-hmm. would do like Zack Snyder did and put them in the movie, yeah. and also Hallelujah, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, that's weird too. But yeah, uh, so I digress. Um, but yeah, this this trailer, you don't even hear Bradley Cooper or Vin Diesel mm-hmm. in this first trailer, mm-hmm. and they're the Not two big names. That, yeah, they're like, the two big names, right? And and it's still managed. And Chris and Pratt was still just Andy Dwyer at yeah. that point, right? Well, I mean, that's it's, it. it's crazy because they they cast Chris Pratt, who's just Andy Dwyer on Parks and Rec. Basically, they cast Dave Bautista, who is best known for being a wrestler. James Gunn didn't know he was a wrestler. Yeah, when I mean, right. he just got done doing his run in WWE in like 2011, and he was trying to do some Hollywood work. Mm-hmm. No one had any high hopes for him being like a breakout star. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just insane. They just want him to not be weird. Right, yeah. that's like it. And the thing is, like Bradley Cooper, I keep forgetting he's the voice of Rocket. Oh yeah, I've <laughs> yeah. literally seen behind the scenes footage of him voicing Rocket, and I still it's like can't... an it's like a disconnect. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a disconnect. Yeah. disconnect. Yeah. yeah. I think for me too, knowing not like jump all around, but knowing that Sean Gunn had did so much for Rocket, mm-hmm. like seeing him as portraying him and everything else, and especially behind the scenes stuff, 
that's automatically who I put like hand in hand with him. Like right. I don't think somebody else. And so yeah, Sean Gunn to that point for the people that don't know yeah, is sorry. James number one, the director's brother. Mm-hmm. But he plays Craglin, who's Yondu's number two mm-hmm. sort of guy. He's like a Yondu and this is way more heavy in volume two, but Yondu and is kinda like Chris Pratt's is kinda like Star Wars dad. Mm-hmm. Right. But he's also kinda like Craglin's brother. Yeah. Right. right? Uh, not Yondu. Craglin and Star Wars mm-hmm. are kinda like brothers. Yeah. But uh he did the and you can't say he did the motion capture for Rocket. He did the no. motion reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Because when Framestore animated Rocket, he's not human, right? And to mm-hmm. give him humanoid, he's already standing up, right? Mm-hmm. And to make him any more humanoid might make him look weird, right? And mm-hmm. they got the hair and all that, the fur and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So his mouth movements aren't motion capture. They're motion reference yeah. from Sean Gunn and from Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. Right. But they basically figured out how a, an, a, a raccoon's mouth might look saying actual mm-hmm. words. And did so a great job. It, yeah. it doesn't just look like, you know, like, yeah. a, right. like, a, like a sock mm-hmm. puppet, right? right? Just flapping his jaws. Yeah, yeah. It's way, way more... It's way better than anything we deserved yeah. out of a talking raccoon. Yeah. And what Bradley... Yeah, he just disappears. Like, yeah. I did not... You would not convince right. me that was Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. if I hadn't Absolutely seen not. it on... And Bradley Cooper is Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Well, yeah. I even also, thought. what the heck's a Rocket Raccoon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. I mean, I knew... Again, I knew I had a little bit of an unfair advantage, but I'm, I'm more sitting back going, how? Yeah. How? How are you mm-hmm. going to do this? And then they did it. Mm-hmm. I am Groot. Yeah. Um, what are some of your favorite scenes? And you cannot say the whole movie. You cannot say that. Okay, you can't say that. You can't say that. Well, it all started. Yeah. It all started in So it opens, it opens up with Peter. <laughs> <laughs> 1988. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm, I'm happy to take a break. I'll jump in just because I'll start at that beginning. Like, I love the whole, that how you get the music connected with it automatically from yes. the beginning. And then especially once Come you see... Well, once you see Star-Lord actually being star for the very first time, you all of a sudden just love this character. So for me, they did a great job of, you know, he's this guy invading, trying to look for something. But as soon as the music starts, you get this whole other view of, okay, this is who this guy really is. Um, so for me, just that whole section where he's pretty much space Indiana jonesing through this place to get to, like, what he's looking for. He doesn't really know what he's looking for, but... He doesn't care. Like, he's just doing his job, but at the same time, just the music and how they relate that in. Same way you said a few minutes ago, but it's just not, music's not there just because they have the rights to it. Like, you can tell it's just what a dude loves to listen to, and that's what he's doing, and that's how he moves and lives his life. So, that was my first one. I'll jump out and let someone else. All right. Um, I think my favorite scene is them in the prison. Like, when they're getting carted in, you got all the information coming down. There's some Mm -hmm. great Easter egg references in there, too. Um, But them, um, Trying to, like, you know, I guess, like, them all kind of meeting and meshing and uh, in that first prison scene right before they break out. Uh, I just I thought it was good character building mm-hmm. and really got uh, a chance for me to know each character um, more than just what we've seen before and how they play off each other. I really enjoyed that. They were going to cut that. They only really made that for the trailer. Yeah. Which, oh, my goodness. It's, I'm glad they kept it. And then they decided to keep it. And it also, like, the team comes together... Pretty, I mean, you have to do it really quickly, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it's pretty natural. The, yeah. the reasoning for all of them being like, okay, fine, I'll go get on your ship. Besides, we're all breaking out together. Mm-hmm. The way they all get arrested together, except yes. for Drax, you know, mm-hmm. he just happens to already be in the kiln mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I, I will say the other thing, I re, other scene I really enjoyed was when they go to the collector 
just for the fact that you got a dog in there who Cosmo uh, Cosmo who's one of the most powerful who's growling yeah who's growling at Rocket Rocket's just kind of growling back and it's like okay that's how animals should interact with each other and if if uh, Mitchell's pro I don't know is Mitchell watching Mitchell on he doesn't use Facebook so. Mitchell doesn't use Facebook anymore he's a better better man than I am but yeah um, bless him yes bless him but they Cosmo's like a really super powerful telepath in mm. Marvel and but also. He's the dog, and they used him as a dog. And you've got a raccoon that's animated, like because he was texting me the other day, like you better talk about Cosmo. And I was, I was going like, to ask you about because somebody commented it was a little while back, it's a couple weeks ago. And I don't remember how the comment came up, but they asked about it, and you commented back. Yeah. So you want to explain that a little bit more because they were asking about seeing more of him. It was future. Mitchell, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Mitchell. think it was Mitchell, and so yeah, it was. It's that having a non-humanoid dog on screen mm-hmm. beside of a, a humanoid sort of raccoon would mm-hmm. not be doing the animation the animators for Rocket any favors it would reduce his believability to yeah. put a, 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 an animal that you know exactly what it should look like on screen beside of him mm-hmm. especially since they already used a dog it wasn't James Gunn's dog James Gunn's dog in the beginning when Chris Pratt's using the scanner you know, on Morag. Mm-hmm. That's oh, actually James Gunn's dog. He's got like some kid. name. It's got like a four, like a Saint Vincent like a price of, so, yeah, something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got yeah. Hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also Morag, by the way, um, is a, it's like was a existing advanced civilization that had a global warming uh, event of flooded, some sort right? and mm-hmm. flooded. So it's like a fish tank if you take all the water out, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's like barnacles and like crustacean stuff everywhere. And so every 300 years or something like that, it drains in certain parts, uh, conveniently, mm-hmm. uh, when the story starts. Uh, and that was why the collector had this, or the, the broker had this wayfinder, basically, uh, to locate the temple that that orb was held in because mm-hmm. it was accessible. And so that's like how... And they, they were trying to get the Ravagers to go get it, mm-hmm. but Chris Pratt like went before Yondu could get there and mm-hmm. grabbed that wayfinder and took off, basically. He like... Snuck out, and mm-hmm. after he found out about it, so that's why Yondu's pissed yeah. like at the very beginning. Yeah, sorry, uh, we were on best favorite scenes. Favorite scenes, yes. I haven't said one yet. Ashby, go ahead. <laughs> oh, um, so I really loved the comedy of errors that was all of them trying to one up one another when, um, like she's trying to get the orb, he's trying to escape with it, but then they're trying to get him for the bounty, and it's just like this. Everyone's trying to one up one another for whatever reason, and I just remember like how delightful that scene was. Like Chris Pratt wriggling on the ground, like <laughs> right, how he right. falls down when he gets <laughs> like, hit with the thing. Yeah, because it's so it's so much like one of them thinks like aha, you know, mm-hmm. and then like they I just like how Groot just like puts the bag over and just like picks him <laughs> yes. up. Yeah, like that's all we need to do. Yeah, oh my just like Groot pick him up in a bag. Yeah, well, I love that uh, whole scene anyway. Just the, all the different characters there. And it's so much brighter versus that made me think of like the cantina scene in the Star Wars. Yep. You see like mm-hmm. dun, the variety dun, dun, of characters, dun, 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 but, how, but not the color. Not the color. Like that's the thing. Like so much of all the variety of characters and aliens and species, but it was so much darker in Star Wars. Not necessarily in a. Well, just I think there's something kind of rare in a lot of these movies. Anyway, it's so easy to shoot like indoors and like hallways well, and space, mm-hmm. but that scene was actually done like with an outside setting and mm-hmm. just it really contrasts. Really well with other possible scenes you see. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, you've mentioned color twice, so I'm gonna go ahead and get into yeah, it now. But Patrick uh, Patrick H. Willems on YouTube is a great YouTube uh, video essayist, and he's got a series of stuff. But way back when he was doing like shorter format stuff, he did a why do Marvel movies look kind of ugly? Mm-hmm. And it's the they use the same for standardization purposes. They sort of have that same grayed out, washed mm-hmm. out, like nothing pops. Like you watch the. Mm-hmm. 
watch the fight scene in Civil War at the airport. Mm-hmm. Why isn't that like? Why is? Why can I not see Spider Man's costume from a mile away? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it should be. Definitely. He's blended in. He looks like mm-hmm. his, his red looks like Iron Man's burgundy. Yeah, and it's just unfortunate. And James Gunn, like this, it doesn't say that on here, but it really should say a James Gunn film. Right. Like Marvel should have let him have his little scripted, yeah. hand handwritten a James. It's a James, mm-hmm. it's a James a Spike Lee joint basically, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 but it's yeah. a James. It's a James Gunn film. Uh, because this, it couldn't be less Marvel, and that's also why it's kind of, it stands alone, on its own. It doesn't, you don't need companion pieces for this movie, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it exists in a world that like doesn't look like it came from the rest of the Mar- the MCU, mm-hmm. and it the Mar- MCU still doesn't. Doctor Strange starts to get a little bit wacky mm-hmm. just because it had to. Yeah. But this movie's just weird the whole mm-hmm. way through, and that's that's why I love it. But uh, favorite scene mm-hmm. for me uh, is hard. Picking your favorite child. Yeah, it is. Um, probably, uh, and I would have to say, whenever James Gunn was, they were writing this and finning, putting finishing touches on it. Joss Whedon and he have a close relationship. I th- feel like he gave him the job um, for Scooby Doo because you know James Gunn wrote the Scooby Doo yeah. movies, which yeah. is like why they're kind of weirdly mm. sexual, but uh, in a way. But um, I mean. yeah. <laughs> when we go to a deep dive on Scooby Doo, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is what Sarah Michelle Gellar and mm-hmm. Freddie Prince, uh-huh. yeah, Freddie Prince, yeah, Matthew Lillard, uh, yeah, and I forget the girl from Freaks and Geeks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, her name. Ah, uh, just lost it. Anyway, Velma. Uh, <laughs> Velma. Uh, 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 it doesn't matter. Um, so anyway, so they met, and he said it's good. I don't think it's got enough James Gunn in it, and he was like. It's your funeral. <laughs> if you want, I mean, if you want right. me to James Gunn it up, and he said he went home from that meeting. Full James Gunn. Yeah, full James Gunn. Yeah, full James Gunn. Linda Cardellini, that's her name. And he goes home and it writes the seven-page um, planning scene where they're on the Ravenger ship mm-hmm. and they're sitting around in a circle. And Drax is like, well, I was thinking of something else, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you're wrong. No, you weren't. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I was thinking of that. that whole <laughs> argument scene where they're like a family, like just sitting mm-hmm. around, like calling each other out and like trying to give a speech uh, that's probably my favorite like scene and there's there's little bits that I like better a lot of quotes mm-hmm. yeah. but as far as like a, a whole scene that's not a plan it's barely a concept right that's barely <laughs> it's, a, it's what percentage of a plan <laughs> you know I've got a plan yep. I've got like 12% of a plan mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, right. I'm yep. laughing. Yep. That's a fake laugh. That's a fake laugh. A fake it's real. Laugh. Yeah, it's <laughs> real. It's real. But yeah, dra- yeah, that that whole that whole scene is probably my favorite um, stretch of movie. There are better. I think the best, most impactful scene is uh, his mother reading his mother's letter. Mm-hmm. That one kills me every mm-hmm. time. Uh, combined with uh, "Ain't No Mountain High Enough," mm-hmm. right? Coming on right as yep. that's going on. Mm-hmm. And you even get little subtle stuff there, like, you know, Gamora and her whole pelvic sorcery, you know, mm-hmm. she doesn't dance. Yeah. She just thinks it's a weakness. To, mm-hmm. And she even gives, like, a little, like, a little dance. And like just, so, like, mm-hmm. that whole little, like, there's a little compact little, and also, like, Drax petting Rocket mm-hmm. when Groot mm-hmm. dies is, you got sort of like a, mm, you got a raccoon that refuses to feel things mm-hmm. if he can and push people away, sort of right. like openly weeping for right. his friend mm-hmm. that died. And in Drax, who's completely literal, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He does. There's no joking with Drax. Right. Like he sits down His and reflux is so quick, man. right? Mm-hmm. I would catch it. Nothing would go in my head. <laughs> yeah, he's like, do you? This is, yeah. I put a finger on his throat. <laughs> 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 
No, it's like this. It's like, Th- that's no, it's... what I like about that scene is because like Drax knows what it feels like to lose your family, yeah. and so like pairing those two characters together is really emotional because it's really grounded. Because you know that Drax wouldn't would never do something that was that wasn't like real. You know, mm-hmm. like he's not a performative mm-hmm. character because he's so literal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, him offering comfort, and I also like that Rocket has come so far as a character that, that he's not only allowing himself to be comforted, he's allowing himself to be petted Mm -hmm. like an animal when he very much, like, the whole movie does not want to be treated Mm -hmm. like an animal. And so, like, he's allowing himself the comfort of, like, being stroked, Mm -hmm. whereas, like, normally he would be like, don't, don't Mm -hmm. touch me, you know? So I really liked that moment at the end. I'm not sure Rocket knows what petting an animal is. Well, that's true. true. But like also, just it's a form of soothing. It's a mm-hmm. form right. of it, showing an emotion or you know, being comforted. So just again, yeah, to yeah. let that happen shows how far they've come, uh, in just in that movie alone. And this will jump kind of into our next thing about favorite quotes. I think next, mm-hmm. but um, this is one of my favorite scenes that ties into this. But the whole we are group scene. It's like in theaters, I started for sure. crying. For sure, like, for sure. Because I didn't expect it, I didn't know it, but like, see Rocket. That's when you feel finally see the emotion that breaks in his face. Like as he's looking at Groot, and it's like you don't have to do this. You know what this is going to do. You know what this means. And then he just looks him dead in the face, and it's like we are Groot, and like I lost it. Like we're it a just, family. Yeah, we're friends. Like we're, versus yeah, how we're throughout this entire movie, they've been individuals that do their own thing, and like they don't have friends or families or whatever. Like this is what they do. And that scene, just for the way he looks at the camera and says it, and then how that whole following scene, like we were just talking about, where all of a sudden now Rocket has lost his best friend. That you know, there's so many other movies you have like partners in crime type movies, and if something happens to one, you know, they never express that care that they have for each other until something that one of them's gone. But um, I don't know. That was one of my favorite quotes as well. That honestly, I've forgotten about. Like just jotting some down at work the other day. Like without we are, we it. are group. Huh? Yeah, like I forgot about we are. Yeah, group. like all, it hit me again. Like watching the movie again the other night hit me just as hard as it did. It says five words, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole movie. Well, I wasn't like this was me. Hadn't seen the movie in probably at least a year, and like just sitting there at work trying to remember different things without googling everything, just chatting, like, sure. writing it all down, and then to see that again is like, how did I forget that? Like I went and grabbed my paper all over again. I like, wrote it down, but. I don't know, I won't steal everything else. Other quotes. What if someone does something irksome and I decide to re- remove his spine? That would, that'd be murder. Yeah. Like the worst, the worst the thing worst. you can do. Yeah. He'd surprise me too. Also not. legal. Sir, yeah. what if I want it more than that person does? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dave what Bautista if someone... did such an excellent job. I mean, like, he really did. Like, he really surprised me. Now, apparently, he did a lot of improvising of some of his yeah. lines, both in this and in Infinity War and well, Guardians I mean, Two has probably the best Drax line at the very beginning. I we can't, I can't even say it, like right. But he's talking about his wife dancing. Yeah. Like, I, I, it's all I can do. Like, I normally watch Guardians and then I watch Guardians mm-hmm. Two, right? And I've had to watch this movie like ten times. Not had to. Yeah. Gladly watch this movie like mm-hmm. ten times in the last couple chose of weeks. To watch this movie mm-hmm. But chose to not watch Guardians well, Two. That's my to, thought. To avoid talking that, about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought about doing the same thing. And I was uh, like, no, because I'm going to get them going, like mixed yeah. up and confused. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know, what's his name? I can't remember the guy that he's talking to, and 
Rocket are talking to you at that moment. John C. Riley. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like just kind of like who uh, just like random. John C. Riley's in this movie. Yeah. yeah he's in this movie and he's casual. Casual. Glenn Close is in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Randomly there and like John C. Riley's not beside Will Ferrell and it's like oh, right. Where's Will Ferrell? Okay. He's not him. Well, the fact that you just see him and you want to laugh already because you know how funny he can be. And he so actually just, plays the straight man here. I mean, yeah, yeah, like a serious character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I said Peter Serafinowicz. That's the guy, Denarian Saul. He, mm-hmm. He's he's the other guy that's like, to be fair, I told him not to trust you or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, he's the dick message thing. I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he got my dick message. I don't think anyone could be 100%. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that guy's yeah, from Shaun of the movie. Dead. And yeah. like, he plays more of the funny guy against John C. Mm-hmm. Riley in this movie than John C. Riley does. So, amazing. Yeah. Uh, other favorite quotes. Um, I liked I'm Gonna Die Surrounded by the Biggest Idiots in the Galaxy. <laughs> um, and then I really like the, there's a little pee coming out of me right now. <laughs> you referenced it earlier, Hunter, but Drax, he says, finger to the throat means death. Death. Metaphor. Metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> um, the fact, well, so this movie starts off and he says Ninja Turtle within yeah. like the first yes. three minutes of this movie, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, yeah. I forget, at 1988's when he leaves Earth, all of his pop culture references are locked in. Oh, yeah. right, yeah. For the, like, the late, the mid to late 80s, yeah. right? Yeah, Footloose. Footloose, like yeah. Kevin I mean, Bacon. he loves Kevin yeah. Bacon, right? He yeah. might be on the team now, I'm not right. sure. Right, right. <laughs> he, 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 call, he goes, whoa, 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 Ranger Rick, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, he yeah. kind of Ranger Rick magazines, you remember yeah. this? Yeah, and mm-hmm. so like, oh, just man. those two little, like, little, all oh, the little stuff. Flash Gordon. <laughs> right, right, Flash Gordon, yeah. Awesome. By the way, Flash Gordon's awesome. By the way, yeah. I mean, yes. But the fact that we haven't talked about the the Jackson Pollock line yet. Yes. And again, <laughs> again, Terrible. again, again, Group of family show. Family so family show. show, but, but, so again, that goes back to the full, are you going full James Gunn? Right. right. Is this podcast going full James Gunn? <laughs> I mean, so, but, but no, what happened was he, they had tried a bunch of different things there and Kevin Feige was like, I don't know. I don't know. Right. <laughs> and James, and he was like, you know what? Put it in the next test screening. And James Gunn said he got the biggest laugh of any line in the whole movie, and they were stuck. They yeah. had to leave it in. Because like you watch the movie, and you're like, how did that make it into mm-hmm. a Disney movie, number one? like, And number two, it's so funny. I was yeah. like spitting drink out, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it's like, did I, it's like a delayed reaction. Yeah. Because you're like, no way. No, no, mm-hmm. no. Anyway. And it's again expertly delivered, and yes. Rocket goes, "You got issues, Quill." <laughs> <laughs> also, Rocket knowing what a you know like yeah. a contemporary yeah. painter or whatever. Yeah, but but and James Gunn did explain this a little bit on like uh, everyone basically. It's like Star Trek. Everyone's wearing a translator. Yeah. Chip mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Just go ahead and get that in your. Well, that's head. one of the yeah. little things. Why, and I'll speak the, English. When right. they show all the prison stuff, like he's. Um, Star Wars got like Universal Translator. That's right, Universal Translator, that's right. And so when Daenerian Saul says, I can't believe I'm taking orders from a hamster, it's Mm -hmm. not, he doesn't know what a hamster is. It's a Mm -hmm. hamster-like creature on on Xandar. Mm -hmm. So it would be the same logic applied to a painter. Yeah. Rocky has no idea what kind of paintings he does or what his reference Mm -hmm. is. Uh, But still gives him the, you got issues, you got (laughs) issues, Quill. Um, uh, if there is anybody else in another line, scene-wise, mm-hmm. 
okay, for his pop car, the way he slides into the Milano at the very beginning, like mm-hmm. the Dukes of Hazzard. Yeah. I just yes. love that. Just like little, mm-hmm. little, like we haven't seen anybody slide in, with well, the Mandalorian doesn't slide into his ship, he runs up a little mm-hmm. ramp, right? Uh, but no, the slide into the cockpit of his yes. ship is, is absolutely mm-hmm. hilarious. Fantastic. And forgetting about the girl in the... In the mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was, oh, hey. I'm going to be real honest, I forgot uh, you were here. <laughs> so, yeah, um... But yeah, Rocket saying "Ain't no thing like me, set me." That's another mm. one that's pretty important. Uh, I got a giant section in here later for James James Gunn's like thought process of mm-hmm. Rocket because he's very important uh, going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when the when the collectors uh, when the when the stone explodes and they're like, "We should give it to we should give it to Th- uh, to Ronan," and it's like, "No, Ronan wants to destroy the galaxy yeah. with it." He's like, "Why would you care?" Because I'm one of the idiots who lives in yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then so the drag we already talked about some of the stuff from the when there's you know the um, the part in the conversation where Rocket stands up where they're all standing up yeah. and he's like mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of jerks or whatever mm-hmm. it is it's actually say that when you say yourself yeah yeah so yeah, 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 yeah that oh well, yeah I didn't oh, know I would so go good. full on that quote for mm-hmm. at the very end but like oh. Sean, uh, Sean Gunn actually did that when he stood up as Rocket and then mm-hmm. he was, they were just like riffing and he was yeah. like, "Now where I'm standing, you happy? We're all standing, yeah. bunch of jerks." Yeah, basically. And then so they had to go back and get Bradley Cooper to record that again because yeah. <laughs> it was too good. So, yeah, and that's that's um, quote wise. I mean, I'll I'll think of a few more, but that's pretty much most of it right now. That's the whole movie. Yeah, the big ones that stood out a lot for me were anything Drax said, especially when he <laughs> yeah. didn't understand what he was missing. So yeah. like we roughly said it a while ago, but he's like, you know. Rocket says his people are entirely literal. Metaphors go right over his head. Nothing goes over goes over right My reflexes are too quick. I'll catch it. Like, so there's so much, and especially going into even Guardians 2 and stuff, just how you see that. But anytime, it, just, you would, it would go just long enough that you would forget about it. <laughs> and then another line would come up and just catch you off guard all over again. Um, and there was the one that I liked. Well, Chris Pratt delivered it. Really, you saw it. Okay, good. Sorry. Well, Chris Pratt delivered it well enough that... um. He says, "Oh, you shut up about uh, that." Said, "God, twenty years ago, twenty years, you've been throwing that in my face like it's something great thing, not eating not me." Not eating me. Yeah. So normal people don't even think about eating someone else, <laughs> much less that person having to be grateful for it. It's um, true. It's and the fact is too. I, I like how they delivered it because you did hear it once at the beginning of the movie, and then you hear it again at the end. But it's not overly done, so you get the idea. You just realize he's lived up with this his entire life, constantly yep. hearing this. So. And Michael Rooker also, by the way. Um, That's in my next part. He, he works in all of James Gunn's movies, right? Yeah. So he's in Slither and mm-hmm. a couple of other flicks. He pops up in everything. I think he was in Super. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Yondu wasn't in this movie when Nicole Perlman was writing it. And, mm-hmm. then, and then James Gunn took over and started his adding his stuff in. And he was like, I want Yondu and I want Michael Rooker. Yeah. Like, and if I can't have him, then I guess I'll take Yondu out. Um, but yeah, he's just absolutely, and he's his superpower in the comics. He's got a fin that helps yeah, him mm-hmm. control the arrow, but he also, I think, shoots. He has a bow, mm-hmm. and they just simplified it and just made it whistle. He whistled yeah. also to control it, but yeah. they just made it all. Instead, it just goes by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very Mary Poppins like. And he becomes, mm-hmm. you know, the heart. He becomes a guardian in the yeah. second movie, mm-hmm. uh, essentially. Um, like an honorable. I well, mean, not, he is a guy. Yeah, he's yeah. a guardian. Briefly, he's on yeah. the cover. Yeah. Well, I'm not trying to like skip ahead, but just that was my next thing for the next section. So, sorry, what sorry, Kyle. No, no, no. What worked the best? Like that. I love Michael Rooker. Like <laughs> everything about him, especially going back now and seeing it again. You just love him, and I feel like it was a couple years after he was at the Comic Con in Raleigh, and he was there, and I've watched his whole panel, and just you fell in love with him all over. Like 
so much about it that you realize like there's not much that that's Yondu. It's literally just Michael Rooker. Yeah, like, yeah it's the same. He's yeah. It's the dad from Mallrats. Yeah. yeah, you know, with the chocolate pretzel, the stink palm. All right, it's well, the like, same guy. I was Walking fresh Dead. off of Walking Dead and yeah. just being like, "That's Merle," and it's like I can't believe Merle's here, and it's like, "Wow!" Like, but then you go back and realize you've seen him in so many other things. I love him no in Mallrats. I've watched Mallrats yeah. like a billion times. Yeah, um, but I just feel like he's the perfect person to play across from Chris Pratt. Where like you you do get that he's against him vibe, but you do like you know you briefly mentioned earlier like there's a special bond that they have between each other. He lets Rock, he lets Star Lord off all the time. Yeah, lets him off the hook, which mm-hmm. ca- get, catches up with him in the second yeah. movie. But like yeah, he knew there was nothing. There was no mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, you even see a little smirk that kind of like gets him. He's like he's sure. like when he yeah, yeah. yeah, I saw this coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, what worked the best? I think I've already mentioned it. The music, the soundtrack <laughs> for sure. I mean. Like I said, it's one of the few times I've walked out of a theater, and the first thought I had is, I need to get on iTunes and buy this album. Yeah. And even though like I've probably listened to the songs a million times, this is about when you bought albums and not just streamed them. Uh-huh. But um, like literally went out in the parking lot and bought the entire album and listened to it on the way home. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think the it's music what makes this movie as great as it is. Yeah. Right, because it like we talked about it's sort of the first Marvel foray into space mm-hmm. other than the Bifrost. Yes. Um, because I think that Asgard is so grounded that we don't really think of it's it as like space. Shakespeare or something. Right. It's weird. Yeah. It's more like, like metaphysical, no, religious. Yeah. yeah. So this is the first time we're in space and it's very sudden and it's very like, okay, here we are and like now you have to follow and I think one of the ways that they draw you in so quickly is by grounding it with relatable and like popular and knowable songs and Mm -hmm. so it's like we spend maybe four or five minutes on earth but then the music of earth like travels into the galaxy with Mm -hmm. us and so it keeps it keeps it grounded because while you're trying to learn this like large new universe of like people places cultures things you're listening to music that you know Mm -hmm. and i think that works really well yeah Yeah, i've listened to this soundtrack countless times mm-hmm. Allison all the way over here Let's yeah literally the year after this movie came out for uh, Showcase of Stars y'all remember Showcase of Stars yeah, um, working at an elementary <laughs> school we you know I was not a participant we did um, I can't remember what song it was um, but we did one of the songs from the soundtrack as a homage to um, to the Guardians of the Galaxy and we had someone dress up as Baby Groot nice uh, as part of the uh, production um, so yeah love the, love the soundtrack I mean that I, even recently, Dad and I, we were uh, at Lake Gaston, I think it was, mm-hmm. and I w- we were on the boat, like, fishing, just messing around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Hooks was with us, too, and we, I just had, uh, I have Guardians 1 and 2 playlist, and I just shuffle it, right, mm-hmm. from Spotify, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and he's always like, yeah, I know all this stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was always like, this will be right in his wheelhouse, yeah, know, I would think, you know, it's like the 70s, like, pop and rock and mm-hmm. uh, early 80s yeah. stuff, yeah, um, but also, like, you know. James Gunn likes to say it closes with the greatest pop song of all time, the Jackson 5, I Want You Back. Yes. Right? I mean, that's just phenomenal way to end the movie. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's just fantastic. Tyler Bates composed this movie, uh, who's worked with Zack Snyder, Rob Zombie, and James Gunn on like several other films. Um, he wrote the giant like musical pieces, like the, the stuff that's not, obviously has nothing to do with the soundtrack, the needle drops, right? But otherwise. But all the, the, in-house music, basically. Uh, and he wrote it beforehand. So when they go out into space and he's, 
when he's at, with Gamora and he puts the mask on her, right? Mm-hmm. The emotion of all that, it works even better in Volume 2 when he and Yondu are going up into mm-hmm. the atmosphere as well, which is weird that it kind of kind of happens in both movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, now that I think about it, uh, there's different outcomes, but that they can they played it on set right mm-hmm. so they could have something to react to and, mm-hmm. and I think it makes it more powerful that they're not handing a finished film to someone mm-hmm. like John Williams and being yeah. like hey score mm-hmm. this yeah. score I mean we know what it's going to sound like but you right. know like, mm-hmm. go ahead and do it anyway um, which I think and but the Guardians theme the first time, you, so the Guardians theme, my favorite is when the purple swirling all around them, and they're and they link up, and mm-hmm. and then it hits you with that final like, I, mm-hmm. I can't even do it. Uh, but you also hear it in the prison break at the very mm-hmm. beginning when they are in that pod and it un, undocks and they start taking off. That's the first time you hear the Guardians theme, and apparently he wrote that for some other part in the movie. And James Gunn was listening to it, doing some stuff like right, taking some notes and stuff, and he was like, "That that's it, that's the Guardians theme." And then they just really just dressed it up yeah. for the end part. So, uh, but yeah, the soundtrack is. Freaking phenomenal, and it always has been. All right. Uh, anything else for what worked the best? I put Lee Pace's uh, Ronin is A plus plus. Generic, sort of generic bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, but like I think also in parts genuinely terrifying. You want to know a little bit more about Ronan? I'm actually would love sure. to. Sure, let's hear some. But more yeah, all right, all right. Also, give us another call out. Where else have we seen Lee Pace? Lord of the Rings, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I'll be honest, I didn't Ran know who two. he was. I kept looking at him and be like, who Legolas is that guy? Legolas' daddy. Yeah. But what's Lord of the Rings? So just the, the Hobbit yeah. movies, I will The Hobbit movies, him. not the Lord of the Rings, technically. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. I so. don't think, I think it's important to separate mm-hmm. the Hobbit trilogy from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. It's, it's extremely important yeah. to separate. So it's I, not, I think uh, before you get to your lead pace, whenever you uh, ask me, the man's we do the Lord of the Rings podcast, me and Carl taking that week off, and you two can talk oh, yeah. all y'all want yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lord of the Rings, I've been texting the Peden brothers, actually. I was about to say, they are more... They've They're super into it. We share times. Lord of the Rings memes, and nice. um, we've been talking recently because the Lord of the Rings fandom is in uproar right over, now. Over JJ. Over, uh, yeah, putting, JJ. putting sex scenes in the new Amazon... Amazon uh, Lord of the Rings TV Just show. Unnecessary. So it's like Lord of the Rings, but meets mm. hung- uh, not Hunger Games. Sorry, Game of Thrones. Mm. And no. it's just like you don't need. We no. already have. That. Like, we already why? have Lord of the Rings Prime. So right. We, I guess anything right. else is yeah. substandard right. anyway to Peter Jackson's trilogy. So. Right. Well, exactly. I thought like the most that I know about Lord of the Rings comes from like Clerks too. And so, like, that's... Like, <laughs> oh, my God, Kyle. Don't I, we, we can't do Clerks 2 right now. We can't. But that's... Like, every time we talk oh, about it, that's oh what comes to mind. It's like, wow. oh, you remember that one? It's a bunch of trees. You There's keep, a bunch of walkers. That's you keep bringing me back to Kevin Smith. Yeah. That's quite you, a filter you, to you, understand yeah. where the rings through. You are... Oh, my God. So, uh, but and, and Transformers. So you want to talk about yeah. GoBots. That's what? an interview. Oh, back, to Ronan, <laughs> back to Ronan before you jump in. I, well, I'm talking about Kevin Smith now. The whole intro scene of him where he's like coming out of the water like the bath where they're like throwing his phone and putting the armor on his face paint it reminded me of one of the Star Wars scenes with Darth Vader and I don't remember if it's like the like, back to chamber yeah like mm-hmm. all of that and just how that's happening it just it was cool where it gives him this weird mystique look to him where he's it's like no he's this terrifying. is actually yeah it's like black stuff drawn on my face this isn't just like war paint my, yeah it's not my normal face so and Claire that. reminds want to know was that Lee Pace's butt I'm sure <laughs> By inquiring minds. I mean Ashley. me. 
Something it was actually Sebastian actually Stan. Great, yeah. <laughs> he was the body double for <laughs> that face. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Yeah. Mm. We have to get a fan. Oh boy. Yeah, turn, turn the fan, fan on. It's, it's, it's oh, the middle I can't believe y'all didn't have like an AC unit sitting right here for the Civil War uh, podcast. <laughs> no, keep no, actually, we had the AC keep turn actually cool down. Oh, oh man. Yeah. yeah. That was probably tough. Yeah. Good times. Oh, good times. But yeah. Uh, Ronan is a fundamentalist Cree fanatic, right? And so yes. there's been this thousands year war um, between Xandar and the Cree, mm-hmm. uh, and his no, he's no, like Lieutenant Cree pick fight with everybody, right? Well, they're yeah. like the Klingon. Yeah. Well, they've got the Galactic Star Force too, mm-hmm. right? So if you watch Captain Marvel later, mm-hmm. um, they are Cree, right? Technically, yeah. they're Star. Right. That's, eh, I'll probably get called out on Star Force. I think that's right. I think it is Star Force. Yeah. Um, which confuses me with the Nova Corps, Nova Prime, or Nova, mm-hmm. not Nova Prime. Also, now that we apparently have a Space Force, that's just confusing. Yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah, they had the original no Space politics. Force. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> save it for after Facebook. Yeah. Anyway, right. yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, but um. I don't even know where I was. So yeah, anyway, it's kind of like Lieutenant Dan, his father and his father's father and his father's they father. All they all died, died fighting in the war mm-hmm. with the Kree and the Xandar. And, died and, okay. men. and so he doesn't believe in peace and he mm-hmm. is going, which is why he has Sakarian soldiers, not Kree soldiers. Right. Okay. He's violating the peace treaty. He's basically gone out and hired a militia where else have we seen Sakaar again? Hmm. Sakaar would be where Thor and Banner, I guess, and Loki ejected on the Bifrost, right? In, in Ragnarok. Right. Right. I know you were answering that. Which I feel like word. Ragnarok, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like Ragnarok ran because Guardians walked. Like, walked. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like, 100%. 100%. I would, I would 100%. I feel like... So, I feel like um, Taika Waititi gets a lot of credit for like just Making sort Thor of exploding fun. out the Thor universe. But, but probably couldn't do it. Couldn't no, do definitely. it. Unless the success of Guardians yeah. and James Gunn no. yeah. happened. He, yeah. uh, he literally took um, scenes from Thor, uh, the original, the first two Thor movies, <laughs> anything usable. Right? Just, right. hey, here's Chris Hemsworth. Look at him. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, like, you know, here's some other stuff. And he took some stuff from Guardians the color palette and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Cut it all together and played the immigrant song over. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Yep. That was his pitch. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Ta-da. <laughs> what if I did this? And they were like, do it. Love it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, Korg is also like a Marvel mm-hmm. absolute yes. favorite. So yes. anyway, uh, Ragnarok's yes. another one that I absolutely adore. I don't, I don't think I love it as much as I thought I was going to continue to love it, uh, but I, I still love it. Like it's still up there. I couldn't rank it though because when you get in, you get into some nuance there of like, it's funny and it's cool and it and it, and it holds up really really well. And, oh, I, never mind. I forgot Kate Blanchett's in that movie playing Hella. Yeah, it's no, it's right up there. It's still up there at the top. Yeah. I don't know where my brain went for a half a second. <laughs> Sorry about that. I don't know why you didn't already jump on me about that. I feel like I've already gone off about that on Twitter. Or Facebook I mean, or I I was gonna let you have it since okay. I was. Quite I forgot. Okay, never mind. Pause. Pause that. Walk it back to where I didn't say that I was worried about whether I still ranked Ragnarok that high before. But yeah, anyway, uh, he's he's a pretty simple bad guy. Back to Ronan, but he's he does betray Thanos. He talks back to Thanos. He doesn't like yes, being called he, boy, he right? He does Thanos. not he's appreciate saying, When I'm done killing I'm Xandar, kill you. Yeah. don't go kill me you. Son. Yeah. He, that also uh, is in Call me son one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alexander, go home. All right, on how it should have ended. <laughs> That's that next week. Way, where he's like, it's showing Thanos like telling him, he's like, I need you to go get this stone. He's like, why don't you go get it? Yeah. Why don't you get off that chair? Like, you're just yeah. floating around in a chair. And he's like, it's not my time to get up yet. Yeah, <laughs> just sitting here. Let's go back and forth. Thanos is letting all the pieces 
get in place. Mm-hmm. Thanos Luke's is still like, alive. Yeah. <laughs> he already had Loki's scepter. Yeah. Right? Also, don't right. forget, Roman just straight up breaks the other's neck and kills him. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, just yeah. he yes. pushed Loki around. Yeah. So that gives you some like idea of how like number one how nuts mm-hmm. Rona is to just right. kill Thanos' helper right yeah. in front of him. I right. thought about that while uh, watching. It's like he had no like second guessing no, or remorse just, about one of his head dudes just like just killing him. Didn't even flinch. Mm-hmm. Didn't even flinch. Also, we yeah. haven't talked about Nebula and Karen Gillan. Yeah, we haven't mentioned all, Nebula like, her or name. her relationship with Gamora. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've said Gamora's name at all in the I podcast. said it a lot in the beginning, but I don't <laughs> even think I said Nebula in the mm-hmm. plot summary. Yeah. Her when she blows up Gamora's mining craft and that little bit of like fate that reaction she has with her face is like so subtle, but like mm-hmm. you know she's like you know, she does say you have all my siblings. I hated you the least, mm-hmm. basically. Right. But and then, of course, Nebula's a guardian, mm-hmm. and guardians too. She's you know Nebula Prime, I guess, mm-hmm. is a, is a guardian. But right, um, yeah, that's. I mean, Roman's pretty straightforward, uh, a pretty straightforward bad guy. It's not the same as like all the other Marvel movies suffer from. The bad guy has the same power as the other bad guy, Iron mm-hmm. Monger and the Wasp, or yeah. the, right. sorry, the Yellow Jacket. Yeah. And all that which is a little annoying, but uh, yeah. at some point, you know, I don't know what you're gonna do. Uh, well, part of that's just straight out of the comics from back in the day, how they would do stuff anyway. Yeah. It's like, here's your good guy. What does the opposite guy look like? Yeah. It's like the Flash. Flash. The and, yeah, 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 reverse Flash. Reverse Flash. Yeah. Literally. It's yeah. like literally. The like, you couldn't come up with a better name. No, no, mm-hmm. no. He's no, reverse Flash. It's like, right. well, we workshopped Unflash. Yeah. But <laughs> Unflash. <laughs> well, Flashless. Maybe D yeah. Flash. <laughs> no Flash. Uh, <laughs> Alright, uh, nitpicks. I didn't have any. I have none. <laughs> I have no nitpicks. Ashby's movie. got the nitpicks, because I don't know how you could rank this not in your top 15. 15 of the Marvel 23 movies. Marvel movies. I just, it's not about not Seriously. liking, it's about well, liking other things Well, it's also about the, the volume more. of Marvel movies, I get that. Right. But. Right. I mean, like, we're like talking, I mean, obviously I love all the Captain Americas because, like, he's my homeboy. I don't I like, like the first one that much. Like, a lot of the Iron one. Mans. Now we've got Black Panther to contend with, and I, and I love little baby Tom Holland as Spider-Man. And, like, <laughs> there's just so many other movies when I start baby thinking Tom about Holland. it that I just, like, I'm always going to rank ahead of this because I, like... I enjoy other characters and I care about other storylines in the MCU beyond the Guardians. Like, they're just not my characters. Like, everyone has their favorites. They're not my faves. But, like, so that's why they end up in my personal rankings being that way. But as as a movie, and especially as a, like, a space opera, if you want to call it that, I it's, I, mm. it's definitely one of my favorite space movies. Like, and I grew up being a huge Star Wars and Star Trek fan because of my parents. Mm-hmm. And like from the get go, I understood like that this this movie was going to end up, and this franchise was going to end up surpassing them. I think yeah. it, as far as like my favorite go to, because I told you guys when I watched The Mandalorian, I almost had this like reckoning as a Star Wars fan where I was like do I actually like Star Wars as much as I think I do because like I'm not really feeling this that's what Rise of Skywalker did to me right (laughs) and so like I just and I love I love the Star Trek um, series especially like with the new movies and how they managed to like bring all of that back but like this was just so new and so well done and so colorful for space it wasn't like beiges and browns Mm -hmm. you know Um, and so I I 
I think that it like I don't want it to be misconstrued that I think this is a bad movie. It's just not my favorite, but right. I love it for what it is, and I think that it's not what it is without James Gunn for sure. I'm mm-hmm. never gonna argue that point. Um, and I really don't have any nitpicks. I mean, it's a great movie. I just mm-hmm. I'm never not gonna love Bucky Barnes. It's just there's not anything. 15 better Marvel movies, Ashby. There are 15 better Marvel movies. I want to see them. Let me go to my list here. My personal ranking. Maybe it's like 12. Since we're here, let's skip the next thing real quick just to go to that. Where does it rank in your top? Count it out for me. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to argue about at least three or four years. I have Guardians at number seven. This is before Endgame. I think it's respectable. And Far From Home came out, which I don't think they would... I don't. I don't think I have Endgame over it. It's. I think it's. Home, I think so. it's easier to rank Guardians when we're at movies 10, 11, 12. It is. When you get to all the work that the MCU put in to get to right. Infinity War mm-hmm. and Endgame, it starts right. to become more about the impact of all the other films before mm-hmm. it, how right. it made that film. Yes. Whereas opposed, you can literally argue Where, that this as, is a standalone as movie. As a standalone movie without looking at anything else. Yes. Captain absolutely. Marvel sort of exists in that space. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. that was triggering for some folks, mm-hmm. but like it, it's not that. It's okay. Yeah. It's I would, fine. I would yeah. say Cutting Gardens. Oh, wait. I would hope not. Right. <laughs> Unless you uh, like your coffee here, table here not flip over. Here's some of the films I have behind Guardians uh, from the bottom. Thor the Dark World, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, uh, Thor 1, Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, Doctor Strange, Iron Man 3, Age of Ultron. I have Guardians Volume 2 below it. Uh, it's Cap- hard to put it above it. Uh, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Captain America First Avenger. <laughs> I have it at like number 9. Uh, and I have Thor Ragnarok right below Guardians. Okay. So the only ones... That's fair. Again, this is before... And I hadn't ranked Endgame or Far From Home on this list. So this was uh, when Endgame was coming out. But the ones I have ahead of it, Civil War, Avengers, Infinity War, Homecoming, Black Panther, Winter Soldier. I mean, I think... And I think you can mix up those rankings in any order and still have, you know, a very like good argument for how you rank them from there too. So. Th- things change, right? Though I yeah. mean, you go back and watch Black Panther now, and you're going to have the the constant thought of where do we go? What happens? Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like just how? Like what? I just sad. that Friday night was really strange. Mm-hmm. Just yes, I was my jaw just like yeah. dropped. Oh uh, yeah, I was laying. I I've I was been, sitting looking at my computer. I've been laptop. super busy all day. And I was literally laying on the living room floor at my parents' beach house. And we were, like, doing something as a family. And something came across. And I was like, oh, man, they it's, like, that's crazy. Because I'm I'm sure that it's, like, one of those hoaxes, you know? Where, like, <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Right. And so I was like, oh, man, I can't believe, like, they've done a hoax about Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. And then I saw it was from his official, and it was I was from like, his Twitter account, what? Yeah. Either someone's hacked it or we're having a Paul Walker moment. Either. Right. And I literally like was like, everyone, stop, 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 stop. I think Chadwick Boseman passed away. Yeah. And Hunter was like, what? My brother Hunter. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's always confusing. Mm. Welcome to our life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My Hunter was mm-hmm. like, what? And um, I, yeah, now, like, it's so. I don't know where we go from here while also maintaining a semblance of like propriety and like honor, but also trying to maybe move it forward. I don't know. Anyway, that's all you gotta do is just look at Fast and Furious movies. They're just gonna keep making them. Right. I'm still kidding, but that's just like the money's there. I mean, but no, I feel like Marvel definitely will do something much more respectful. But I don't know how that looks. 
Well, um, but Guardians changes a little bit too once you've watched Endgame sure. or mm-hmm. Infinity War and Guardians 2. Mm-hmm. Right. Go back and watch Guardians 1 now. Uh, but yeah. Uh, this is what I said when I did my Twitter list a year and a half ago. This was the film that sold me on all future MCU films. I left telling my friends this is the current generation Star Wars. It's only seventh? Question mark. I mean... So, I mean, yeah. I'll jump in next. Yeah. And mine's the expected generic, but it's in my top, top twenty. It's, top in, my top top <laughs> it's in my top five, and honestly, like, oh my God. but my saying that the entire is, MCU is in Kyle's top five. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> no, there's definitely a few that are roomy, not. roomy top five. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I think that way because you kind of mentioned it, but I feel like some of the ones where it's the team up movies, they're great movies as they are. But when I'm trying to think about what the movies like, how they rank and how I enjoy them the most. I think of individually, like, did I like this character more? Like, how did this work out versus Endgame? Which, honestly, like, you know it's supposed to be up there because it is what it is. And you, you're like, this should be huge. This should be up there. But in my brain, like, it just, I don't think, it's hard to look at that variety of movies and say, oh, okay, this is my number on it. Like, for me, I'm not able to do that as easy. But at the same time, I think about the experience that I had enjoying the movie, mm-hmm. where... I came in not caring a bit about any of these characters and came out loving every one of those characters. It's the hardest I've laughed in a theater since probably super bad. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I mean it's yeah. I was I think I had an awakening about halfway through. I'm like, I'm having a really great time yeah. watching this movie and Nord doesn't seem super annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> like she's win, over here win. pregnant and yeah. suffering through this movie. Right. Yeah, like uh, well, this seems to be going really well. Yeah, that's how I say. Like, I felt like I was on a roller coaster right halfway through. I realized like I'm loving this. Yeah, and I and it's not because I, I don't really want it to end. Yeah, and I didn't. It's not because I love the character, like I, because I came into it loving him all my life or whatever. Where it's same like I love Captain America. He's probably one of my favorite out of everybody here, and I'll put one of his like in the top for sure. But I like in my brain it's like I don't want to fill it all up with one mm-hmm. character because I enjoyed it I differently. Mean, that's like your opinion. Well, that's like your opinion. That's why I say for me, like because I go back and look at any of the new Spider-Man movie, like I really like Tobey Maguire as. Spider Man, Tom McGuire, um, Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I like, like his, on, I like his umbrella uh, lip sync battle better. I yeah, think. <laughs> yeah. But, oh. but I look at him and it's like I really like you know Spider Man. And growing up, Spider Man was one of my big favorites because you had access to him with his animated series and everything else. But at the same time, I'm thinking about the greatest it, greatest showing of Spider Man ever. <laughs> one of them, yeah. <laughs> but in my brain, it's not. Man, that was one of the best movies ever. Like, I enjoyed it so much. Like, it doesn't stand out that much to me. It's like, he's just a good Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, versus a movie as a whole, this one ends up in my top five, probably closer to top three if I really fought it out and didn't include all of the team-up ones. So that's where it's, I just get off. Like, and I know a lot of times it just sounds like a cheap cop-out. Like, I have to think about it. Throw it in the top five. But it's like, that's how I see it, is I see it more of the whole experience. Like, did I enjoy it? Did I come out of it really growing and loving this because of this? Same way, Iron Man. Like, I came out of Iron Man all of a sudden really liking Iron Man, and before I could care less about Iron Man. Is that know much about him? Like, Thor's still just kind of out there for me. I just don't really care for much for Thor. Like, not that he's bad, and not that any of the movies I like Fat Thor. Yeah. I can really like the And I like Ragnarok (laughs) Thor. Yeah, Ragnarok Thor. So, like, there's just moments that I care about him, and I like him, but it's not like... You like Loki more than Thor. Yeah, you do. I do. Until you meet Ragnarok Thor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, that's where mine goes. How about y'all? Let's do, let's do get help. Yeah. <laughs> I don't We're know how to get, get help. help. We're not doing help, help. 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 My brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Ashley said her top 15. Hunter says number one. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a top 10 guy. Top seven. You're a top five guy. So. Yeah. I used to think Avengers would be, the first Avengers was the mm-hmm. movie for me to take with me mm-hmm. on the island. 
Uh, and no, nah, it's 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 still I love the first Avengers, but this one right here just kills me every time. Well, that's where I feel like I go back and watch first Avengers now, and I don't care for it as much as I used to. I know it's because like, yeah. uh, everything that's coming later. Mm-hmm. This movie doesn't suffer from that. Yeah. I mean, you do get really snapped is. half of these. Uh, yeah. Everybody you care about gets yeah. snapped, <laughs> right? But mm-hmm. but except Rocket, and yeah. which then you get Paul Walker like I'm talking to a. A raccoon. Like, oh, I'm talking right. to a raccoon. Yeah. yeah. Like, what happened? Not Paul Walker. I Paul was wondering, Rudd. like, let's say. Uh, you definitely don't get Paul Walker. It's one of those behind the scenes moments. Y'all Brian. said Paul Walker. Yeah, right? I said, yeah, we know. Stuck in in my reference to yeah. Chad with Bozeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so, like, yeah, Brian O'Connor from Fast Furious <laughs> makes a cameo appearance. Or, or Scarlett Johansson says that, right? A few yeah. weeks, you know, oh, yeah. I'm talking to, like, yeah, I'm, yeah. Talking, yeah. I'm working, I'm emailing a raccoon. Yeah, I'm talking to Brian. For a second, I thought you were Bill Bear. Yeah. Just until two seconds ago, I thought I was a Bill Bear. Yeah. Do you have any unanswered questions about this movie? Who's Star Lord's father? That's true. Yeah. Out of this. Yeah, Although he's we'll an angel question, from the sky, yeah. composed of pure light. Right. Yeah. And I, like obviously not to get ahead of ourselves, but I did put in my notes. I was like, the scene at the very beginning where his mother dies is now like even more heartbreaking after you've seen volume two but you go back and watch volume one and, and you're like she died because I yeah. cannot even believe like you're just like oh well it, it's when he breaks in, in yep. volume yep. two he's like yeah yeah, yeah and right which you get some great that was one of the best I, we'll talk about volume two but that was one of the best like Pivot like spoiler like what just, the what immediately moments. guns play mm-hmm. yeah, when yeah. he says that and you're shouldn't like, have broke my Walkman wait <laughs> is that did you did you just say what I think he said yeah you know and you're like oh and then you that's why you know. it killed me to put that tumor in my life right yeah. what yeah, yeah. Uh, what okay. he's so he his ego muscle. is so yeah. large that right. he yeah. thinks he can just say that yeah. right. and that he's got him and he says it so nonchalantly yeah. like, right. Right. again right yeah I was like ego more than just a name yeah. Um, random section. Anything else you want to add? Favorite theory? Rabbit hole you went down? Who's your favorite guardian? Oh, yeah. Real quick, the only thing I had in my previous notes, oh, I didn't sorry. necessarily have a question, okay. but it, it did leave me wanting to know more about the Nova Corps. It's like, because you got a decent idea about them. I know from like random TV shows or cartoons and comics that there's a lot more Richard about Ryder, them. Richard mm-hmm. yeah. Ryder, Nova, yeah. and the World so Mind. There's, there's so much coming more. at some point. I would yeah. think so. Yeah. Uh, how many Zendarians are dead? Richard Ryder exists as the last Zendarian, the last Nova mm-hmm. Nova Corps member in some incarnations, I think. Uh, so yeah, if Thanos dest- they didn't get snapped back, mm-hmm. right? So no, if he Zendar's didn't snap destroyed, him, he destroyed, Nova was off world probably. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, well, that's where my brain like that's the only amount that I really knew about the Nova right. Corps was him, and so my whole and brain he's is Earth like, based. Yeah, my whole brain was like, is he going to show up? I don't even know much about him. I just yeah. know that that character is Journal's cameo, maybe? Uh, maybe. Maybe. So, maybe. Either way, that was, maybe, like I said, it didn't leave me like all upset, but I was like intrigued to know more. About I was like, Glenn Close is Nova Prime. Where's Richard Ryder? That yeah. was my biggest question mm-hmm. when I was watching it. Yeah. He was hanging out off world or something. Oh, well, you couldn't do it. Like, what would you do with him? He's overpowered for this movie. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Probably. Right. So. That's why Mar- uh, Captain Marvel couldn't come in until exactly. because it would be like, where has she been the whole time? She could have just been dealing with mm-hmm. all this mess. There's a yeah. lot of other planets out there and they yeah. didn't have you guys. The best yeah. Green Lantern yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> the best Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, random. Anything you want to add? And favorite Guardian. Favorite Guardian, yeah. Garden. And favorite Guardian. Uh, so one of my random things, again, from Tumblr, is I recently saw a meme where it was a quote from Rocket, and it started with him, and then it, it continued with um, pictures from other characters in the MCU that the quote could be about. 
And so he says, I didn't ask to be torn apart and put back together and turned into some monster. And so it started with him, but then it was also Bucky and Nebula and Natasha, mm-hmm. who also have characters that, like, their background and what they go through is very much similar to, like, Rockets, where things are done to you without your permission and against your will and, like, having to deal with that. I just thought it was really interesting because I had never really thought to compare Rocket's character arc to other characters in the MCU. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, if you want to know a little bit more about what James Gunn's view on Rocket, mm-hmm. I, got, sure. I got a nice little lifted quote here mm-hmm. from the commentary. Uh, it's actually from a podcast he was on. But James Gunn, uh, in, in Volume 2, it takes a little more center stage. You think Peter Quill's kind of the main character here, mm-hmm. but Rocket is like James Gunn's avatar. He sees him in Rocket, and the mm-hmm. first movie's about him learning to accept friends or emotions mm-hmm. and feelings. The second movie's about him a little bit more so through that journey. And then the third movie, apparently, uh, is even more Rocket-based. Mm-hmm. But he said, uh, and I saw a creature who Rocket was in my head who wasn't what he was at the time, which was this incredibly tortured little creature who was an animal who was turned into something more than what he was ever supposed to be. Then what he was meant to be, and what, and he was like Frankenstein's monster in a way. Just incredibly tortured, ostracized, flawed little character who has no connections to anyone or anything else because there's nothing else like him out there in the center. And he's at the center of the Guardians, uh, and, and, or at the center of the Guardians, is this incredibly sad fact. Uh, and he goes on to say that he feels like Rocket's at, Rocket at times, that he can't connect with people, that Rocket is the heart of the Guardians, and his ain't no thing like me except me mm-hmm. is a little different in this context than like a brash sort of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, statement that he the way he makes it. It's more like sad. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so Rocket again, he takes an even bigger emotional role in the second movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, sorry, a little bit more about Rocket there. Uh, and That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite Guardian. My favorite was Drax. He's my favorite. I just love his how like his literal Mm. like basis for his language and like the way that you can sort of riff off that joke wise, but just Mm -hmm. also um, the kind of character it makes him. Like when we were sort of talking about him comforting Rocket, I think that Drax in in making his character literal. It, it makes all of his his interplay with all the other characters and all his actions um, really genuine, right. which I really like. Mine is, I went back and forth between Star-Lord and Groot, but the more I watched it, the more I thought about it, I like Groot. And I, <laughs> I think it's, and I think it's a lot of the emotion side, and I know that's just kind of how I am sometimes too, but just to see... To watch it this time and have more of an idea just kind of about him and everything else. I will say, like, going forward in, like, younger group, I don't really care as much. About it. He's just more of a funny person. Versus this one, he's very much, like, you see a lot of heart that he has throughout this movie. Um, even to the extent that I hadn't ever even thought about it much before. I just hear him say, I am Groot, all the time. And in my mind, before watching it, it was like, oh, that's just his language. That means tons of billions of other things. That's just what he says. But then, like, going back to where Rocket's, like... You know, he just doesn't function as well. Like that's the three words he can say. Like it consists of I am gr- and am and Groot in yeah. that order. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's, and it's one of those things. Like you laugh at it a whole lot throughout the movie, but then you realize like it's not that this is some whole private world language. Just literally all the the thing was able to figure out. Yeah, and the thing too, like 
But it's in context. Like, yeah. It, right. Rocket and, knows based the gist of what he's yeah, saying. Yeah. Right. It's like well, Rocket's his interpreter. So like, it has to be some kind of language. Well, yeah. And it, like, to an extent, because he says things and Rocket understands them. Right. Like, they like, are being rude. <laughs> yeah. But, and how that's done, though, and just my friend. the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. It's hard. And, like, it's you speak group. Everyone speaks rude. So get us in the likeness. But I, I, I looked at him so much as a tree before. And then, like, listen to James Gunn talk about him more, about he's more of, like, a plant. Like, there's so much more deeper than just a tree, mm-hmm. like, in his character. And there's the scene where, like, he lets out all this, like, those, like, firefly-type things, lights the way, and then, he, like, when he dies and, like, offers himself up. The cocoon. And, yeah, just all the different things that he comes in. You see him as, like, the total, like, not mob boss, but, like, the hired gun where he's just, like, holding the guy up by his nostrils and everything else. Where... Well, his sacrifice shows the team... Like true selflessness, yeah. Yeah. A, a group of individuals that have been only out for themselves right. this whole time mm-hmm. until they all met each other and started learning what it is to care about somebody mm-hmm. other than themselves. Well, and that's right? also what I love about Groot is it shows you that you don't need language for mm-hmm. character development. Right, mm-hmm. you can develop a character who only says three words yeah. the entire mm-hmm. time, and so like the way that they take him from start to finish, where it's like first he's sort of like rockets pet almost mm-hmm. then he's the hired gun then he's you know mm-hmm. and it's like then suddenly he can create lights it's like when yeah. did you learn to do that mm-hmm. and like he evolves mm-hmm. and you get to watch him evolve without ever hearing him like talk as yeah. we understand it yes. um and i think that's really interesting and then you make the character who is the sacrificial like piece mm-hmm. be the character that you don't even understand when mm-hmm. he talks and it, and it has emotional resonance like well, that's like amazing. that's the one time you cry in the whole movie is all right. of a sudden yes. we are group and it's like I didn't need a big giant dialogue it was literally those like the fact you sang one we word and R yeah. right <laughs> like and all of a sudden you you've lost it like yeah I like I said you know Star Lord's awesome and amazing but that's where I ended up at favorite time. It's Star Lord. Okay. I figure. I was like, I figure, he doesn't yeah. have a helmet he's, or a mask for anybody he, else. Yeah, he's um, he's not only. I don't know. Take you know. Do you yeah. have the tribal tattoos that uh, yeah? Uh, I do not the Dax hat, <laughs> So not only is this the best, in my opinion, the best Marvel movie. Uh, he's the biggest superhero. He's the best superhero in Marvel yeah. in the MCU. He's the ultimate underdog. Mm-hmm. But also, he's a kid from the '80s, frozen mm-hmm. in time, yes, in a state of arrested development, which all we can I'm all not from Earth, I'm from yeah. Missouri, yeah, yeah, that's on Earth, yeah, it's on <laughs> Earth, yeah, yeah. But he's 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 Hans, he's like he's not Han Solo. He thinks he's Han Solo. He's well, he's a guy who. Yeah. Yeah, who thinks he's Han Solo? He thinks he's Han Solo. Right. He thinks Han Solo would be cooler if he had a backpack and a bl- and a mask yep. and a blaster, right? Yep. You know, like that—that's the guy we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. If he had Boba Fett's jetpack, yes, right? Mm-hmm. He's trying to combine like, Han Solo. Yeah, you know freaking cool Fett. Han Solo yeah. is. You yeah. know, make him cooler if he had yeah. Boba Fett's if he was backpack. Boba Fett. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. And so, like uh, James Gunn said, that if he had a superpower, it's the fact that he's able to screw up completely. And mess up and trip up again and again, and then regain his composure and do yeah. something heroic. Mm-hmm. So. That's his superpower, and yeah. then he's the old. And again, the ultimate. Underdog. And how how yeah. well can we relate to that? Right, mm-hmm. right. I mean, hoping right. anytime we screw up or mess up, that we can just pick ourselves up and do it all right. over. And he had the ability to do a lot of that himself because mm-hmm. he was a loner, right? But right. Uh, yeah, these all these characters are fantastic. They're all. I, I think I took a note here about like they're all dislocated with time. Mm-hmm. You know, rockets alone. Mm-hmm. Gamora was her her race or her planet right. was genocided mm-hmm. by Thanos, right. and she was stolen. Mm-hmm. Drax's family was murdered, but Peter, mm-hmm. 
you know, was raised in space, and he stays permanently in his childlike sort of demeanor mm-hmm. as a way to like sort of hold on, mm-hmm. right? He listens to his Walkman, and he's got his Alf stickers yeah. and his troll dolls and his mm-hmm. like little stuff up on the on his console. I I think I think Star and Chris Pratt's again the performances yeah. goes a long way there yeah. to making Star Lord work. What was your what the what moment moment where you geeked out the most? I see you're like looking at my paper. Well, I mean, I'm cheating. I'm looking at your paper to read the question because I don't have it pulled up on mine. So, <laughs> do you want to go first, Kyle? Well, I just felt like I really liked the dance off where it caught me off guard. <laughs> like I just was not expecting that at all. Like, and so when it happened, yeah. yeah. And to know that it went on and like it, yeah. it did stun him enough to keep going forward with that. So James Dan said in the in the script it didn't work. Mm-hmm. It it just didn't sure. work. It, right. it didn't read well. It mm-hmm. wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. Um and and Chris Pratt just. Nailed it. He made it funny. He yeah. somehow mm-hmm. sold it. Sold it as like this is a total diversion. Yeah. Your big dingleberry or whatever yeah. he calls it. Yeah. What does he call him? Your big yeah. Something. Your big turd. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. just it's unreal. Mm-hmm. But like you say, it's so like, convincing. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Like what is he doing? I don't know what he's doing. But it's what you expect out of like any comic book or cartoon you've ever watched. You'd be like, I'm distracting right. you. Right. Like, right. Then all of a sudden it's like, wait, what? It's like when the bad guy tells you his plan. Like yeah. it's the right. reverse. It's like yeah. very obvious. Like right. he's doing something right here to, to stall you. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. The other characters' reactions too, I think, lend to the humor. It's like, because yeah. like it's so, just, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and then like Ronan's just like. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. and it's just it just works so well because mm-hmm. like he's giving it everything, and everyone else is like, "What are you doing?" But also, Rocket did he strategically get Ronan to throw him over to the side where the hadron? Uh, I think so. I yeah. think he. I think he I did. Think he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, my what the what moment comes after the credits. There's you know Cosmo the little space dog mm-hmm. looking at your face and you pan over and there's a duck. Mm-hmm. Howard, Howard the duck, played mm-hmm. voice by Seth that, Green. Yeah, and I'm like, I know who that is. Yeah, he had a terrible movie. <laughs> terrible. The Marvel's, what? The Marvel's worst movie. Yeah, literally like okay. So the whole movie was great, and then the, the post credit scene, which meant nothing other than the fact we get another um, Howard the Duck cameo in Guardians two, and then one in Endgame. Yeah, if you blink and miss it, but just the fact that Howard the Duck is in the end credit was like. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> structurally, a couple of things were different in that movie than they were in the original cut. The the baby group dancing scene was the original final tag, mm-hmm. and they were like, we can't let people walk out of the theater and not see this, right? Yeah. And they slid it up to right after mm-hmm. what you think. It yeah. starts to become like Lord of the Rings, like the Return of the King, where it's got like four endings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Uh, but also the little subtle move of the Marvel logo from before we meet. Uh, young Chris Pratt or young Star Lord into in between when his mother when he gets abducted and when he see him on Morag. Mm-hmm. Apparently that was like really abrupt to go like twenty six years in the future. So yeah. they moved kind of Feige was like move the yeah. title card there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just another little note. Um, my only nitpick is uh, for about a year we didn't think James Gunn was going to get to finish this trilogy. Yeah, right. And no one in Marvel yet has made a trilogy. All the directors have been removed or didn't start with the project. Yeah. Uh, I know Taika's making uh, Thor: Love, Love and Thunder, Thunder oh, I can't wait. which I can't wait for. But yeah, and on right. that and on that note, they asked uh, once. I'm not going to get into why James Gunn got fired because it just made me angry. Right. But he did mm-hmm. briefly mm-hmm. for a minute yeah. over something that he had already apologized for and was public knowledge for a decade. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but anyway, 
Um, they rehired him, but during during that time, I don't know if y'all remember because I was heavily on it and very mad about it. Yeah, I remember like, the cast wrote letters. Quite a while. Yeah. And yeah. Drax was like, or uh, Dave Bautista was like, I'm, I'm out. Not gonna yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not coming There's back. Instagram videos and everything. Yeah. Like, from that. Yeah. Yeah, and and they wrote a big long letter mm-hmm. that they all signed. Like we're working with James Gunn, and we're not basically we're not right. we're not probably going to work on this movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't care what the contract mm-hmm. says. Um and. They asked Taika Waititi about it, who was hot off of Ragnarok. Right. And he was like, I think they'd not make a third Guardians movie before anyone finished James's story. Yep. And that was when I knew, I'm like, well, we got two possible outcomes now. Mm-hmm. Right. We're down to, you're in the end game now, right? Yeah. It's right. either we get Guardians 3 by James Gunn or we don't get Guardians yeah. 3. Yeah. And, it may, and I would just leave them snapped. Yeah. It made me sick and sick to my stomach. And I remember right. the day he got rehired, I think Mitchell saw the news before I did. Mm-hmm. And that's like the happiest, like I was, as, as far as pop culture happiness goes, yeah. right. that was my most sustained happiness for a while since mm-hmm. probably walking out of these movies. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, we're going to get to see it. You know, it's obviously delayed uh, to 2022 or so, I think now, but um, we will get to see a third James Gunn flick mm-hmm. in the Marvel, in the MCU. So excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Do we think Thor is going to be in volume three? That, so they restructured that a little bit. Yeah, yeah the okay. way, it, the, because it was supposed to come out sooner. Like, mm-hmm. he was supposed to be, when he gets on the ship to leave with them. Right, right, right. Like, I think originally Guardians 3 was probably going to be a lead the, in. the first Phase 4 movie is what I would think. Yeah, like, I think that was right. the order. The big May release and before they had Black Widow and like you wanted to have something established right. and kind of kick it off the way they had Civil War kick off Phase Three, right? Um, and then that kind of messed it up, so right. they kind of restructured everything. Yeah, I mean, it would be fun to have Thor as a guardian for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Probably see a, at least a cameo. From I would think he he hang least, out, right? Yeah, because yeah. I don't know where to. It depends on if they go Adam Warlock or or, or what, depending on which thing right. comes. If Thor: Love and Thunder comes out, you might see the Guardians, right? Or some of them make cameos in that movie to kind right. of explain why he's not with them. If right. they go Thanos imperative, then it makes <laughs> then he's definitely going to be back. Because right. if they bring Thanos back from the dead, because he. Death doesn't want him. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've got a whole other set of problems. Yeah. I'm just really interested to see how how the torch passes to Jane, like how that mm-hmm. whole process is going to look. I just I'm, I don't. Well, I'm sure if I looked up the comic so, stuff, I could know, but I don't want to know. I want to be surprised. Okay, I saw an interesting theory, and I don't know if you want to hear it. Then, if it's a theory, I'll take it. It's a theory. Okay, and, and I hadn't seen it. You know, pranced around everywhere, but I saw it and it was really interesting. The idea of MCU Phase Four is a retelling of House of M. Where oh yeah, Scarlet that's Witch, pretty recently. Yeah, right. Scarlet Witch, you know, redoes you know reality, and that's right. the basis of her show. But it also rewrites everything in Phase Four, mm. which is why you have three Spider-Man showing up in Spider-Man Three. Right. That's why you have Jane becoming Thor, okay. and you have Doctor Strange trying to fix the multiverse. Lady like Thor. the the idea of Phase Four just being a big multi-part well, House of M retelling. I would think we got to get Marvel Avengers versus X-Men at some point. I, so, hope so. I, I don't know that we're not going to get a ton of X-Men coming in. Uh, and now I'm starting to see some rumors about the third Deadpool movie. Yeah. How that's going to play. <laughs> what characters are going to interlay into that. It's all. It's going to be really interesting. I feel like we're having a folding in of the universe. Yeah. Because um, rights are finally where they should be. And like, I saw they it's got so Iron big that back. you can get. Um, they're, they're, yeah. His rights back. And I think Luke Cage's rights are coming back in the right. next couple of weeks. Because they were canceled around right. the same time. Yeah. And it used to be that you're like, well, you can't get all those actors to agree to do stuff like that. But like now that they see how big it is. Yeah, now you like, can. I mean, now you can do anything you want. I mean, they got 
all of, well, not all, but they got a big portion of the X-Men, like big name actors, to show up for three seconds in the second Deadpool the, movie. Yeah. Just for a joke. Yep. Like, you can do joke. stuff like that now. Yep. But still couldn't get Hugh Jackman. But, I mean. <laughs> just, uh, just, just stapled to his face. Yeah. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Because um, he hates Ryan Reynolds, obviously. Have yeah, you obviously. guys seen their social media? Yeah. <laughs> so, what was your one moment, Ashley? Um, mine was the blockade. Because I just, mm. I thought that was really cool. I yeah. Like, it It was just different. I'd never it's seen something like defensive, that before. Defensive, not offensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That was really cool. Which apparently was also a James Gunn idea. Like, mm-hmm. he, he sketched it out and yeah, was like, this, great we, this yeah. is what we're going to do. We're going to make a net. Like, it was just really cool. Yeah. I like that. Hunter, you're what, what moment? I don't, just the whole The whole flick. movie was like, the whole what? movie. The, the whole flick. We've talked about the best quotes and the best mm-hmm. scenes and the best lines, and I don't. Even, I still don't even think I scratched the surface wow. of some of it for me. All, All right, right, so our final question, who won the movie? James Gunn. James Gunn. <laughs> I mean, arguably. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with it. James yeah, Gunn, well, won the movie. For sure. I mean, I'd say Rocket and yeah, Rocket. Star Wars share equal billing in my mind. Okay. All right. Well, we have a section here. Uh, it's called Teach Us What We Need to Know. Do you have a... I don't think it's on his script. No. Um, if you, I, can, I, can just, I can introduce myself if you want me to. Okay. Uh, so, like, in every uh, episode of our Run of the Infinity Gauntlet series, we take a look at a vital piece of the MCU that helps shape the Infinity Saga. Uh, with that in mind, we were assembling together at the Avengers, he- Avengers Headquarters, which is here at my house apparently and maybe even on nowhere um <laughs> and i am going to teach us what we need to know about the power stone in the mcu uh the power stone is the MacGuffin uh in this movie that everyone's trying to get their hands on and we can see why uh it is one of the six infinity stones that holds tremendous levels of great supernatural power that makes it the most powerful artifact of all creation uh, this is one of the first times we actually confirm the existence of what we know to be Infinity Stones in the MCU. We knew we had um, the Tesseract and the Ether, but they weren't really, you know, confirmed to be, quote, Infinity Stones until the and end. And Loki Scepter. Yeah, and Loki Scepter had showed up as well. Um, but none of them were confirmed to be, quote, Infinity Stones until I think the end of Thor The Dark World, where they mentioned we can't have two Infinity Stones in the same place. Hot Time Jacuzzi Thor. So, yeah. Hot Tub Time Machine Thor. What was that? That's Ultron. Actually. Yeah, that's yeah. Ultron, yeah. Um, and so the, uh, the collector talks about them here and um, the power stone in general its power can only be wielded by beings of immense power and it can destroy planets uh, it's the representation of the destructive force of the universe it has absolute control over energy power stone is composed of horrendous amounts of immensely destructive and explosive purple fire like energy that can be used by its wielder its destructive powers were initially shown to be rather straightforward as both Ronan and Isan the Searcher simply fired purple energy waves strong enough to knock down and inca- uh, incapacitate most of the Guardians and even destroy an entire planet with a single focus projection. However, it is revealed that wielded by the uh, it's revealed that wielded by those who fully understand the stone's power, not only does the power increase, but the power stone's violent energies can be finally manipulated to achieve a diverse variety of dangerous capabilities, as Thanos showed after inserting it inside the Infinity Gauntlet. In addition to projecting wild waves and blasts able to easily cleave through the structures and heavily damage the Mark 50 armor, the Mark L armor, with a single point blank range hit, as well as knock out Drax Nebula um, despite their great resilience. Um, Thanos can also focus projections into repulsive waves that easily overpowered all the heroes hit by it. He was also able to imbue its energy into the gauntlet to empower it with the power to destroy a dimensional gate to the mirror dimension. 
uh, which is pretty pretty powerful. Uh, it makes appearances in this movie, Guardians of the Galaxy, in a vision in Age of Ultron. It's mentioning Guardians 2, and then you see it again in Infinity War and Endgame, where Thanos kind of takes it off the Nova Corps' hands off screen before the movie even starts. And just a little trivia for you for the Power Stone. In the comics, the Power Gem mm. is red, mm. but in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it, the Power Stone is purple. So, uh, we are coming up almost on two hours of this podcast. So let's run through really quickly. Yes. Uh, we got some fun facts and trivia. I think we're going to do two each. Let's run through them rapid fire style. Uh, who would like to go first? I've only got one. Okay. So well, I'll go first. We've got a lot of facts. So it's okay. Yeah, let's just jump yeah. in with some random facts and go for it, Ashley. So, Hunter already sort of touched on this, but the. We talked about how amazing the soundtrack is and that it was pre-selected. So, like, it wasn't like we're going to film this movie and then we're going to try to find what we can get the rights to that fits the most mm-hmm. and have someone score, you know, the non-lyrics part of the... Anyway, whatever. Um, so, because James Gunn had planned the specificity of the songs and they could know while filming what was going to be playing, they would actually play the music in the scene. So the actor could know exactly what was going to be playing as they were performing, and they could merge what they were doing in the scene with the tone of the music, which I thought was really interesting. Um, And so I think it allowed for more cohesion um, and why the music works so well. It's because they knew actively filming what was going to be playing mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool and not to go too long on that but there is like in the extra stuff Chris Pratt talked about a little mm-hmm. bit like that first big scene where he has and he said it makes it so much easier to do what he needs to do knowing right. that's playing that gives you so much more of an idea of his character right well I've got a uh, I'll go with number two then because it ties into the music mm-hmm. facts the soundtrack album also mixed volume number one reached number one on the US Billboard 200 chart the mm-hmm. first film soundtrack ever to reach number one without a single original song. Yeah. It was also nominated at the 2015 Grammy Awards for Best Soundtrack. So. It didn't win, but... It should have. It should have. Um, one of mine is, is simple and it's easy, other facts, but Dave Bautista, they talked about his makeup to like five hours, four mm-hmm. to five hours to install everything. And if you get a chance, like it's on Disney+, Plus, I'm sure it's on like the video DVD extras and stuff too, Blu-ray extras, but it, he showed him like getting that and it showed that the process of the layers where all the tattoos and stuff is actually extra pieces that have to get put on and all the detail and how much story there is in the, all those tattoos versus just seeing it quickly in a movie, just a bunch of markings and everything mm-hmm. else. But um, talked about how he had to stand that long where he had like some arm rest stuff he could put tennis balls and keep his arms kind of leaned on or whatever. But just to sit there four to five hours straight standing up while somebody's just painting you. It was also cold in London when they were filming this, too, in some of the months. uh, And it is topless the entire time. Yeah, he's no no shirt on the whole time, yeah. Uh, Fun fact from you, Hunter? Um, I mean, I've been throwing out a ton of stuff. I was just looking Mm -hmm. back through the rest of my notes that I hadn't gone through here. So they had a hard time casting male actors against Chris Pratt because he's so big. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which, you know, he's like Mm -hmm. 6'2". So to make anybody feel like they're a threat to him... Um, and I forget the guy's name, one of the guys at the very beginning, it's like, who? Whenever he says Star-Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was Korath. Yeah, Korath, mm-hmm. the Pursuer. Yeah. And he's actually one of the Nova, I mean, sorry, the uh, Star Force members. Mm-hmm. And when you yeah, go Captain to Captain Marvel. Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. this is post that he's yeah. working for Ronan. He's basically a, um, an out. A mercenary. A mercenary yeah. for hire. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that's pretty much. Why do you know Chris like, Pratt was that tall? Yeah, he's yeah, like, you, don't, you don't realize it. I mean, oh. he seems like a normal guy. 
I got um, I got one more. Okay. The, the kiln, um, the they actually built that three hundred and sixty mm-hmm. degree set. Yeah. And it was like I forget how many thousands and thousands of pounds of steel, but they, the only way they could afford to do it is to cut it all down and sell it all back for scrap <laughs> when they were done. So it's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, <laughs> visit the kiln, obviously. So I thought this was interesting. Vin Diesel recorded all his lines in several different languages, including Russian, Mandarin, Spanish, Portuguese, German, and French, so they could use his real voice in the film around the world. And according to Vin Diesel, who is the voice of Groot, he recorded Groot's iconic line, I am Groot, over a thousand times. Wow. That was a hard day's work, I'm sure. Yes. And but, he did it on stilts. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. They um, they also said that like James Gunn did a pass saying I am Groot. Mm-hmm. Sean did a pass saying I am Groot. They had several. Anybody around, like, hey, you come in here and read I am Groot. Yeah. Uh, just to get it on test for test audiences. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't work. It seemed mm-hmm. weird. Only until they hired Vin and got him in to do it did it like Groot take like he was like an actual character, mm-hmm. like a living thing at that point. So I think something too is important to point out about Chris Pratt was we talked about him being Andy on Parks and Rec. If you go back, like I started watching Parks and Rec after this. I just so, now watched it this yeah. summer. More nor made me watch it. Yeah, yeah and I loved it. And yeah. it's, I enjoy it more. I think because I've seen him as yeah. Star Lord, but to know I've listened to so many different podcasts. I think it was with him talking about like. They were very not sure about hiring him because he got brought up and they're like, "You mean the kind of chubby dude? Like, we're not necessarily even chubby, but kind of out of shape dude on Parks and Rec. Like, mm-hmm. he's gonna be your main yeah. hero guy, or whatever." And just this, all he went through to get in shape to be this character, and just to be able, first off, them taking that leap and you know on him to do it, to start with, yeah. But you know, he really firmed himself from there. I mean, going on to do Jurassic Park after that, you know, another. I remember stuff how the, stupidly big news it was like headlines mm-hmm. he was in shape that he was yeah. like like the guy from up. Silicon Valley he got hot Nanjiani or whatever yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, any yeah, roid regiment will do that for you yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. that dude's whole head has changed shaped shape yes. at this point yeah. yeah the only other thing I saw and I can't confirm this anywhere but I saw this fact and I'm like I don't know if I had ever heard this before until looking at these uh, you know half whatever internet research uh, Iron Man was planned to have a cameo role in this film Interesting. Uh, and Hamash wow. is being the Guardian's latest member in the comics around 2013. He was, yeah. But this was scrapped when Robert Downey Jr. said he may not reprise his role as Tony Stark in the future. And this is before he signed those contracts. a big contract, yeah. yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm kind of glad. No, it didn't need him at all. I'm glad it didn't work. It would have been weird. It would have right. been really weird. How would you Because I don't understand that? how it would have Exactly, but happened. apparently there was going to be some kind of cameo appearance from him somehow. So. I could have seen mm-hmm. Thor dropping in, but not right, you know, yeah. Loki being involved. Because that would have been like suddenly Iron Man's in space. Mm-hmm. Like with well, no... Yeah, he just hangs out there on his board. Yeah. I mean, you're... It doesn't make any sense. You're dealing with the other and Thanos, so you could have seen Loki pop in, but... Yeah, yeah Loki or Thor would have made. Or Odin. All right, uh, social media shout real quick. I'm sure we got a couple... That's what I'm pulling up real quick. Um, yeah, with it being a, a weekend post out of the norm, we didn't get probably like a ton. Um, I know we got one. Let's see. Uh, Matt yeah. uh, said, I didn't even know it existed. It says that Matt Starlin. This is Matt. I, I've known you forever, dude, and I still can't remember your name. Tartaglia. That's not right either. Tartaglia. Oh, that's my favorite pasta. Yeah. I like tortellini myself. I've always known him as Matt with the integrity. Um I didn't even know it existed. Kept seeing it pop up on Netflix. Never paid much attention to it. Then one night, um, Ashley, you know, his girlfriend, fiance, wife, one of those, um, was like, so I watched this movie and it was awesome. So I finally watched it. And let me tell you, this is in the top two favorite of all Marvel, all of his favorite Marvel movies. He's a man with good taste. <laughs> so the comedy and sarcasm play well in this movie. 
plus all the action to go with it makes it a great movie. If I can't find anything to watch, which is often, this usually gets put on. Yeah, that's it. You're not gonna not finish it if it's mm-hmm. on when you flip by it. It's, it's like The those, Martian. One of those rewatchable yeah. movies. That's how I feel about Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shawshank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see. I think we had a couple other <laughs> spanned across everywhere. Um, Brett Harry, 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 Harry. Sorry. I'm horrible with names. Well, say Brett. Brett. What's up, Brett? Brett? What's up, Brett? I'm going to get fired. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite Marvel movies. Great story, action, comedy, soundtrack, relationship from enemies to best friends. So much info on the Marvel Universe that ties so many of the other movies together. Watched probably twenty five times or more. Um, I think. I'm yeah, I mean, we two we turned two foils in that movie into Guardians in the second mm-hmm. movie. For gosh sakes, yeah, right. yeah. I mean, it's it's well rounded in its intention. Hunter said, "Let's go." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was our one. There was no point in me typing anything. <laughs> you well, you're good. That, no, that was, that pretty much rounds it up. Like I said, we only posted something later last night when I realized I hadn't posted anything at all. Um, and that was like crap. But honestly, you got a lot of you guys tuned in today and talked about a lot of things with us too. And just, you know, let us know following after this episode yeah. about what your thoughts are of this movie. Definitely. Well, we want to thank, first of all, Hunter, mm-hmm. driving mm-hmm. all the way down, um, dropping the girls off at your parents' house and coming in spending two hours with us on a Sunday yeah. afternoon. We appreciate uh, everything you brought to the table. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have you back for a future episode um, if your schedule allows. Definitely for Guardians, too. Like volume yeah, two. Y'all are, yeah, y'all are flexible. I mean, you can yeah. try to work it in. Yeah, we can definitely work around that for sure. We're very grateful to have you. And, uh, thank you for doing that. We also want to be, give a big thank you to Ricky Lyles for his contributions to our podcast. We hope that you, the listener, enjoyed our discussion as much as we did. The church pump for the rest of this journey to the MCU films and other pop culture entities as we are. Next month, we discuss Age of Ultron. I don't know how we... Okay, Ashby's already taking deep breaths. Deep breath. We'll, we'll see, um, <laughs> see how we feel about that one in November. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to take a break from the MCU until January. Uh, but the next episode after this one, someone else we need, it's... Hamilton! Showtime! Showtime! <laughs> and Peggy. Yes, and Peggy. So, uh, we're going to be doing some, uh, we're going to be filming some carpool karaoke featuring Hamilton songs uh, this week, next week, whenever, uh, and we'll put those on the YouTube for the one person who watched it. Thank you, Hunter. Um, we're at 50 subscribers on YouTube. Go sign up for us on YouTube so we can have our custom URL when we get those subscribers. Uh, until next time, we appreciate y'all joining us. Stay as cool as the other side of the billows. See you next time on the What the What podcast. What the What? Bye. Watch The Last Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) See you guys.